All right, so we changed the song up this week. Usually it's Hell's Bells, but we decided to go uh, back in black. All right, off topic on the air. My name is Randy Zelia. Thank you very much for making us a part of your week. Different cast of characters, it seems like there's always in the studio now. We have, uh, instead of no more Steve Spanup, as we went over this before, um, Ryan was not here when that story broke. But, you know, that's, that is what it is. Steve might join us tonight via phone to talk about the uh, NFL topic. But let's go real quickly go over uh, who's here with me tonight. We have Wendy Greco's back with us. Hello, Wendy. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you. She, Thank you for having me. She's making this trip to New York more, more of a, uh, a, a consistent thing, which is, uh, which is nice. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. I'm learning how to get here almost without ways. Without <laughs> <laughs> without ways. And, of course, f- uh, current member of Back Sports Page uh, staff, our baseball insider, Ryan Mork. Ryan, thanks for uh, coming up, joining us tonight, man. Thanks for It's good to see you. Thank you for having me. I haven't uh, seen you in a while. Yeah, the commission's in the house. The commission is in the house. Yeah, the, uh, the commission of our fantasy football league is in the house, which, by the way, I got my first victory of the week over here this week, my friend. Oh, that was oh yeah. yeah that was cool. I, I, I now I'm two and one. Yeah, you're two and one. I, yes, I put a stop to your undefeated streak. You did, and you were not happy about that whatsoever. By the way, I wasn't happy because that was one of four losses I had this week. Oh, okay. So I you went were two and four. You went two. Week. How many fantasy teams do you have? Six. Oh, uh, you're you know what? Not for nothing. You're the type of people I always want to throw things at. <laughs> I'm not happy about and it. I'm not happy with people like you who just spend like all this time playing fantasy football. I have one league and I'm having a hard time keeping up with it. Believe me, I'm not happy about it. Okay, I, so it's an instant regret. Okay, well, no, I feel a little better about my life knowing that I gave you a loss this week. There uh, you life, you know, there's again, there's not a lot of things in my life right now that make me happy. Giving you a loss is one of them. Is thank you. I appreciate that. That goes right to the top. Oh yeah, it's right now top three. The top three. Uh, it's really not. Just for the record, <laughs> I'm not that like like that much of an angry human being in life. Like, aha, I won in fantasy. Uh, real quick, if you want to follow the show, follow us on Twitter, Off Topic BSP. We're on Facebook. Uh, also, follow me on Twitter, Randy BSP, as well, and on Instagram, Randy BSP. I'll give the cast and crew here their chance to plug their social media as well so you can follow their opinions. Real quick, though, we have a lot to do tonight. Obviously, this NFL politics story is going to haunt me until I uh, I have like you know gray hair even though my hair is already starting to turn a little gray uh, and this it's it's so much of a non-story but it's turning into a bigger one uh, we also obviously with Ryan in the house we're going to talk about the Yankees clinching lots of NFL news and notes non-politic wise that we have to jump into NBA beginning of the season NHL beginning of the season is, is right around the corner also I have a little tribute that I have to give uh, in a little bit as well so I guess where to start with this whole shebang, 201-825-1234. If you want to jump in, thank you to Rampo College and WRPR for letting us be live in your studios. We always appreciate it. So I'm one of those people, Ryan and Wendy, that I feel I don't. I look at this from a totally dis- different perspective with this whole anthem thing, and I'm going to get people upset when I say this and... And it's okay, because just like everybody has an opinion about this whole entire mess, my opinion is for, from the business perspective of the NFL. I'm not, this, no, this is the NFL business perspective, not my perspective. Controversy creates cash and viewership. So with all this negative talk that's going on, people are tuning in because they want to see what's happening. So that's my opinion. Uh, no, sorry, that's not my opinion, but that's just a fact. I think we are now live in a society that people are just like, ooh, there's a big boom. Let's, f- let's pay attention to what's going on. I'm going to get you guys' opinion on this, but I think it's one of those things where controversy is creating cash, it's creating viewership, and it's causing a stir. And I think it's very interesting that the NFL is using sort of, they're sort of embracing all this negative attention 
and saying, oh, look, it's helping our ratings and for now. For now, well, for now, but it's it is turning a good portion of the of, you know it's it's angrily it's angering a lot of your audience, if that makes sense. I think it's I think now they have to be very careful because now it's the big boom. Now I think it starts becoming a die down type of story. I, I again, the more the president gets involved, which I think this is again. This has nothing to do with the game of football. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the game of football. So that's, I think, the part that really irks me. But I think now we we we'll we start moving on from it. But I think as long as it starts, the president doesn't say anything else, it's going to start going away. Well, I think that's why a lot more people took a stand this weekend because it came from something out of the president's mouth. Landon Collins said on the air on ESPN Radio saying that he wasn't sure if it was going to continue and he only did it because of Trump's comments. And whether you think it's right, there's no right or wrong, whatever you believe in. I believe I believe in in how others feel and some people are, do disagree with me. At the end of the day, though, if you feel differently than me, I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I, I'm just going to well, disagree with you. Right, sorry, go ahead, Wendy. Well, the first thing is is that in Dallas, you saw how they booed even though they didn't kneel during yes. the national anthem. Yep. Okay, here's my feelings. I can't get into the, po- you know, it's just too many people have different things. First of all, with the politics talk, it's not necessary politics talk. It's just coming out of the president's mouth, so to say. Your New York accent's really coming through right now. I just wanted and to throw I that out there. <laughs> I, just, I, I just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> All right, but what I'm it came from the president's mouth. That's how they're, right. you know, combining the whole political thing. Right. What I had told you before is this: it's never going to go anywhere. Each side is going to stay stick to their side no matter what till the end of time. So take back the fact that the players come on the field for the national anthem. Still have the flag. The crowd will sing the national anthem, but keep the players inside. That or stop talking about it. You know, stop individualizing when they're kneeling down before the games. The announcer saying this one's in. Stop giving it attention. Yeah, I'm one of those people. Now, here's my opinion. After I just gave the whole business perspective of it, yeah. I, I don't. This does not have anything to me to do with the thing of football, and that's what I'm tuning in to watch. Okay, I'm not. <sighs> Colin Kaepernick. This, we're getting away from what Colin Kaepernick's point was. Yep. And that to, more, that, to me, is the part of it which really, really seems to bother me. Is Colin Kaepernick did it to make a point? His point was made, and now it got him thrown out of the NFL. Not thrown out, but you know what I mean. It's, he's blackballed. Let's 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 yep. let's no, look at this. He's no, blackballed. You know what? The blackballed uh, can't directly be the word because if uh, it was Rogers or Brady, he would. They would have no, another. No, 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 team. no. Okay, so but are you so you're yes. telling me that right. there's thirty starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Thirty. There's thirty starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Thirty. Sorry, thirty-two starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and there's thirty-two backups. And then, of course, then there's the second backup. So you're telling me there's 60 quarterbacks in the NFL that are better than Colin Kaepernick right now? I wouldn't even say that there are 32, if you want me. But the thing is, do teams want that kind of media hype from a team who's not... You mentioned how, if it were Brady and Rodgers, would it be the same thing? It probably wouldn't because the skill level is so much different. Are you going to sign a guy... Uh, let's Let's take the Giants, for example... Okay. They're, they're struggling. They have Eli, whatever. They say, you know what? And assuming Geno and all of them are out of the picture, hey, let, let's get a backup. Why do you want that media hype from a backup quarterback? Exactly. I, I, and I agree with that too. I agree with that wholeheartedly. You don't want your backup quarterback sitting there drawing more attention. Like to me, and this is just covering the Giants this year, this offseason, yeah. and this has nothing to do with Colin Kaepernick or anything else. 
I got annoyed about the Josh Johnson, Geno Smith battle for the backup quarterback role. I, st- I felt that everybody was spending way too much attention talking about it. Again, because it was training camp and little things like that, and Geno Smith was there. Geno always seems to draw a little bit of attention. I thought we spent way too much time talking about that aspect of it. So imagine if Colin Kaepernick was involved with that conversation. Oh, my God. That would have been terrible. Yeah. So for me, I don't think this – I think this is going to slowly turn into a non-story. Colin Kaepernick did this for a reason, and now his reasoning goes out the window because the president got involved. And it doesn't matter that the president can come out and say the sky is blue. There's going to people who start. There's people who are going to start fighting with him on this because they just don't like him. He is a lightning rod for what everything has for anything he says. He's a lightning rod. If he came out on Twitter today and said, "I'm sorry to hear about Hugh Hefner passing away," people are going to sit there saying, "Well, Trump loves pornography." That's what's going to come out. I'm telling you right now. So I think at this point in time, this is going to go away, and we need it to go away. Because right now, the only thing it's going to keep doing, it's going to be hurting the NFL's reputation. The NBA and Major League Baseball and the National Hockey League, especially the National Hockey League, are not going to have this problem. Because it's it's really a non-issue. I think mostly because for the Major League Baseball and the NBA, there's too many games. The NFL, there's 16 games, so you can sort of hide if one person or two people are doing it, or even like in the situation where it's becoming, it's not a constant reminder. The NBA is playing every single night. The Major, Major League Baseball is playing every single night. There's no hiding that. So it's a, I don't think it's going to be a big, is- big issue in the other sports. I, I just think, like you said, and like we mentioned before, a lot of people did it because something came out of the president's mouth so the less he talks about it, then the less people will probably do it because it's been vice versa the other way around. Once he said something, more people did it. So, and then you get into the argument of are people kneeling for the right reasons? That's a that's a discussion for. And I don't day. think they are. And we no, can, not at all. But you don't want to touch certain things. You just because you're never going to hear the explanation that you're going to hear if you don't like it. It's never going to change. I don't like that I'm spending this much time talking about it. I know. <laughs> but we have to because it's a hot topic issue right now. 201-825-1234. If you want to get your opinion on it, uh, want to argue with me, want to argue with Ryan, please argue with Ryan. I like when people argue with Ryan. And I love and, arguing and, with you uh, because uh, I'm uh, always right. <laughs> except for, you're always right except for when you make a mistake, right? Yeah, that's, that's rare, though. <laughs> that's rare. And, of course, you want to argue with Wendy as well. Um, I love to, like, not only that, but I want to open it up to everybody and give them the opportunity to let their voice be heard because it is a very touchy subject when you start talking about the flag and our country and the national anthem. Uh, I just feel that there's a lot there's a lot of layers of this whole entire thing, and I just want to be careful not to offend anybody because I don't want I don't want to try and say anyone's beliefs are wrong or say that they... Um, I don't want. I just don't want to hit raw nerve with people. I think a tough part about talking about this too is that you don't want to sound like a broken record. Yeah, because you because you're not going to believe in other beliefs that you don't have. I mean, that should obviously go without saying, but it's going to be hard for any of us to speak from the other point of view if we're so set on having one belief. So when you keep talking about this day in and day out, it's on every single sports center. It's on every single radio show in the country. True colors are going to come out, and that goes with avoiding hitting nerves. If you keep talking about this, eventually we can all people are going to guess who we all voted for. The more we talk about it, if you want if, to be completely honest, I voted for Clinton by the way, uh, Bill Clinton. That is not 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 Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was like, let's get this guy back into White House. 
Things were, pretty, things, things were pretty good when he was here a couple, uh, you know, you you know, a couple decades ago. I wrote him in. Uh, him and Mickey Mouse. I think because Mickey's just pure happiness. You know, 11,000 people wrote in Harambe? Really? I, I <laughs> Wendy will understand this joke. You're, you might be too young. This would have been the perfect year for Ross Perot to win. Wendy's my age, so she gets that go. joke. Yeah, yeah, I don't file it. Hey, he had the money like Trump did. Yeah. Pff, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> he, he bought himself. Yeah, well, with, with, with that being said, again, 201-825-1234. We're on Twitter. Real, real quick, Ryan, where are you on social media if people want to uh, hear your opinions? I said it last week. I'll say it again. Follow at your own risk. Twitter and Instagram is both Ryan Morick. And like I said last week also... You can catch me on the New York Groove Podcast on BackSportsPage.com, and you can check it out on the SoundCloud as well. Pretty much every Monday and Friday, once the Yankees and Mets finish up their – well, not really the Mets anymore because they're pretty much out of it. The, the Mets were done in April. The Mets were pretty much done in April. <laughs> the Mets were done in April. But for the I most part – I apologize to all my friends who are Mets fans, <laughs> but I'm, listen, I'm going to tell you to you like it was. But be on, be on the website, New York Groove Podcast, and things are going to get hot now with the wild card, and we'll talk about that later, but definitely uh, check us out on there. Okay, Wendy? Uh, Instagram, Wendy Greco. Twitter, at WendyBertieGreco.com. That's W-E-N-D-Y-B-I-R-D-E-G-R-E-C-O. I write for the Giant Insider. And Facebook, Wendy Greco. Okay, and of course, you guys can follow me on Facebook also. Randy BSP on Twitter. I'm, I get, I'm not much of a... Tw- you, can, you can attest to this. I'm really not a much of a Twitter person. No. Uh, Neither I, 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 I think we're too old. It's not that I think I'm too old. Is I'm still learning. Like he grew up with Twitter, but that's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, and this, it's amazing. I had this conversation with a lot of the Giants writers and a couple of the guys from the Knicks as well, and we were discussing the whole Twitter social media sports thing and how like now, like I made up a thread on my lists for Twitter for the NBA, like all the main writers in the NBA, the guys who break news and so on and so forth. And I have it set up for, like, trade deadline day, so I know what's going on. Obviously, Wojnarowski is, like, the king. Yeah. He, I don't, and, and good for him to finally leave Yahoo and get on to uh, ESPN. I think it's a great move for him. But now it's so hard to just be a non, I guess, social media person in the world of sports because it seems like every, the news breaks through social media now. It doesn't break through the radio like we. Oh, we have breaking news, and you get a no, a report to read. Now everything is through Twitter. Now everything is through. I guess uh, you know players will announce who they sign through their Instagram account, or I, I will tell you. And this this is a Jeter thing. The the Player Tribune is yep. where a lot of players are now making announcements because they don't trust. They, they have people. They have a hard time trusting people in their own circle with the news. So, like, Kevin Durant didn't announce that he was going to Golden State until he made the announcement through the Player Tribune. So, I, I guess it's very it's a very interesting time for be a sports media guy, you know, a sports media person, because the Giants writers and the NBA writers and everybody else has told me that the newspaper and the online columns are dying. And it's all about what you can do on social media. So, I'm going to try and catch up to Ryan as far as how to handle the Twitter aspect of it. I mean, you said it. If, when do I want news? Or when do I need news? What do I do? I go on Twitter. If you, if something last night about Hugh Hefner, perfect example. Search the words Hugh Hefner, and you have stories, you have articles, you, you have opinions on anything in a split second. I know that's not news to anyone, but like you said about the Players Tribune, people go to these outlets because a they don't want their words twisted, and b they 
feel a better connection with their fans when they go on social media. Now, you can have the argument whether some athletes should stay off of Twitter and Instagram or not. I think 95% of them should. <laughs> I probably would agree with you. <laughs> but it's it's just the new era of being connected with your fans, I guess. Okay, so now I'm going to bring you up a question here, This a story that happened last week. Uh, we talked about it briefly on, I think, Saturday night we talked about it briefly. Was the... Kevin Durant Twitter situation where he has two Twitter accounts and he was talking trash through one of them and he ended up talking trash on the wrong account. Should athletes even be acknowledging these things? That That's where I think <laughs> an athlete needs to... like. Are, are you that insecure? The one thing that Kevin Durant has proven in the last two weeks is that he's very, very insecure. If you sign up... like When you're a professional athlete, you sign up for being heckled. That's just that's how it goes. And if you are, I mean, this is obviously easier said than done. I've never had millions of people in my mentions before, and I've never been to every arena in the NBA and getting booed until the game is over. I can I can I can I can arrange that for you. Please, please, (laughs) but but actually, what we'll do is we'll set that. um, How many how many uh, baseball stadiums are there? Thirty. Okay, so with the exception of Yankee Stadium, I'm going to have you wear a Yankee jersey. And go in the center of the field and just start trying to get Yankee chants going. There you go. <laughs> and then, trust me, I'll get you booed. Not a problem. <laughs> but, but, but what I'm getting at is you have millions of people trashing you. You also have millions of people supporting you also. Okay. So th- why th- just block whoever is negative and just th- – it's – it's all about insecurity, and I understand that it's not easy to deal with millions of people booing you, but why don't you look at the good side of it? And that is what he did not do. Yeah, but you could call it insecurity, or you could just call it plain old, you're getting uh, PO'd at what people are saying, and you're trying to defend yeah. yourself, you're trying to tell people, you know, don't talk about me, don't tell me what I am or who I am when I know it. Well, I see the thing is, though, that gets me really, really upset, because there is, there's, like, there's a little fantasy world that all these athletes live in, and then there's something called reality. And then there's something also called perception and the way things look. And for me, Kevin Durant made a very, very punk decision when he left the Oklahoma City Thunder to go to the Golden State Warriors. I think he thought it was going to be not a big deal that he was making the move, and it turned out to be a huge deal because he didn't look at the circumstances on the move. If he would have gone to Boston or if he would have gone to the Clippers, or he would have gone to any other team in the NBA, it would not have been as big of a backlash as it was than it went to the Golden State Warriors. Because the Golden State Warriors was a 73-win team that fell in the NBA Finals of Game 7. Oh, by the way, the same Warriors team defeated you in seven games after you had a 3-1 lead with you being the man, and you couldn't close out that series. So now the perception is, which is not really the, the truth, but the perception is he jumped and left the Oklahoma City Thunder to go to the Golden State Warriors to get a championship. But it looks like he's jumping ship to the team that beat him because he couldn't beat it. Right. That or you just got to look at it as nowadays this whole banana boating is going on. So whether or not, you know, we want to say, oh, you shouldn't be going to a team that's already basically championship prone. It is what it is. Do you want to ring, win a ring in your career? Yes, then move on. But can you suck it up and say, yes, you guys beat me, so I'm going to join? Is there something technically wrong with that? Considering it's being done, I mean, you don't go from 
Cleveland to Miami to Cleveland. Now Wade's joining Cleveland. They're not doing this, you know. Well, first off, this isn't happening when Jordan plays. Jordan. But it was a different time. It was a different time, and I have a hard time accepting the fact that that was a different time. Because everyone hated each other. It's not the fact that everybody hated each other. Their attitude was, yeah, we you know, we were all friends, but at the same time... I want to beat you. I want to beat you. Like, Jordan Jordan had the attitude is, I don't care. I have my team. You guys have your team. You guys do what you have to do, but you're going to have to kill me to beat me. That was his attitude. And today's NBA is, oh, well, if I'm going to win, I have to go, you know, team up with some guys because, you know, it, I, I'm not going to be able to do this on my own. Paul George isn't able to do that in Indiana. Um, who else? You know, Chris Paul has had Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. And he, he had, uh, well, he had J.J. Redick and everybody else like that. And Chris Paul didn't want to stick around with the Clippers anymore. So now he's playing with James Harden, who James Harden says he needs help. That's why, you know, a team like the Spurs, a team that was so dominant about 10 years ago, is almost sympathetic now because they do play basketball the right way. And they don't, they're not going out and spending tons of money to get other guys, but they're, a lot of their guys are home-raised. You know, they pick a guy like Danny Green up who becomes a star. And, who, and he got cut by three other NBA teams. Tony Parker is still going strong. Ginobili's back again. Yeah, they went out and got LaMarcus Aldridge, which I don't know how long he's going to last there. But you, you're getting guys who... Who want to play the game of basketball the right way, and that's what the Spurs do. They're not like the Warriors, who have guys who are joining up and going on other teams like that. Do you think management has changed though? Because we saw Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan wanted Scottie Pippen, right? Mm-hmm. He was high on Scottie Pippen. He wanted Scottie Pippen, and you can we can have an, a whole show on what Jordan's career is without Scottie Pippen. Now, take LeBron and Cleveland. Try number one, for instance. Okay. Dan Gobert pretty much said, this is it. LeBron, you're on your own with this team, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and LeBron said, let's team up. And that I think that was the first of players teaming up. on. That wasn't the first super team that we saw, but that was the first of friends coming together in the league and saying, let's go after these people. So my question is, do you think management is changing and and people in the higher-ups are saying, I'm not going to help you out in any way, shape, or form. This is the team that we have. And is that pushing players away? I think right now, especially in the Western Conference, because if you look at the Western Conference, we were talking about this the other day. I have Warriors 1. Now with the move with Carmelo going there, I put OKC 2. Spurs 3, Rockets 4, Timberwolves 5. People are not even looking at what the Timberwolves did in the offseason. First, they were the darlings of the NBA offseason, and now you have Jimmy Butler, yeah. you have Wiggins, you have Carl Anthony Towns, you have you know Taj Gibson coming off the bench there. You, you made a trade and you got Jeff Teague and you lose Rubio. That team is a very, 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 on paper, that's a fifth seed. Maybe yeah. You can even make a, an argument for the fourth seed. And then Denver is going to be back in the mix with the addition of Paul Millsap as they just missed the playoffs last year. I'm I'm trying to figure out at that point who else you really look at in the West, those last two spots. You can make an argument for the Pelicans because they got Booby Cousins and they have uh, Anthony Davis if if AD can stay healthy. Who's your eighth seed? Maybe Portland because you still have Lillard and McCullough. Everybody else you have, it's it's a a watered-down West. And in the Eastern Conference... There's five. There's six spots that are that are claimed. Wide open. No, there's no. Well, I, I think Cleveland won. Cleveland and okay. Boston won two. Yep. Washington three. 
Pacers. Uh, no, Milwaukee four, uh, Raptors five, and I think Charlotte makes it in with the moves that they made. We're getting Dwight Howard, having Kemba Walker. So you're not putting the Pacers anywhere? No, Pacers losing to Paul George. They're, they're but done. But see, you just said, you made a comment of, like, if these superstars went, like the Spurs, can they build around new people? Right, but if you still look at the talent that they have on the Spurs team, they just added Rudy Gay. Another another great another player who can give them I'm not to say great player but another player who can give them 15 to 20 points at any given night. And how long though could uh, Ginobili and Polka keep playing uh, each game? How well, many minutes can they contribute? The thing is though they can get away with those guys not having to play a lot in the regular season, which Pop won't do anyway. He doesn't even do that with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, he doesn't even do that with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And that was the funny thing is I just said all the Spurs and I didn't even mention Kawhi Leonard who's yeah. who's the best player. So my thing is Popovich is the first coach, I think, who takes the attitude of the NBA is not a uh, sprint, it's a marathon. I'm going to rest my guys. I don't care where we finish as long as we're ready for the playoffs because I have enough guys who have experience. That's Pop's attitude. In the East, there, there's just teams that don't have horses. The Knicks don't have horses to, to lean on. The Nets don't have horses to lean on. The Pacers are a watered-down team without Paul George. You're looking at um, the Detroit Pistons who can't get out of their own way. You have... I'm trying to think of who else isn't even the Eastern Conference. Orlando's not doing anything. Atlanta's on a rebuild. Chicago is a disaster. Miami. So Miami. Well, Miami. No, Miami will be. In. I think Miami will because they don't fight. Yeah, Miami will fight. They just missed it last year. They, you know, they missed it by percentage points. They were they. Chicago beat them by two percentage points to get in. Miami will be there. Um, I I just can't figure out who in the Eastern Conference. What notable players are in the East right now that you're going to sit there saying, hmm, that, that guy's a difference maker to get that team to that next level? They don't have it. So that's why the Eastern Conference Finals is either going to be Cleveland and Washington or Cleveland and Boston because I think Boston derailed their whole entire team, and I don't think this is going to work. Not now. I don't think it's going to work this season. I think Cleveland's going back to the NBA Finals. I think the addition of Dwayne Wade puts J.R. Smith back on the bench, coming off being a sixth man. I think it changes the complexion of the whole team. And, and Thomas, th- the addition of Thomas. Yeah, Isaiah, Tom- Isaiah Thomas will not be playing until January, but I think once he gets in there too, again, changes the dynamic. And I think with Dwayne, Dwayne Wade will keep LeBron James level. And I think that's what's the most important thing. Because LeBron James, let's all be very honest here, I don't know. I I look at the, I use the word leader, but I still think he got his leadership skills from Dwayne Wade, where who's accomplished so much more in Miami than he's ever done, because he learned it from Shaq, and Shaq was very old school. So keeping Dwayne Wade and LeBron James there, if those guys are not with LeBron in the locker room, they will get behind Dwayne Wade, and Dwayne Wade and LeBron James are always going to be on the same page. So with that being said, I can see Cleveland beating the Golden State Warriors this year in the NBA Finals. I can see that. The more I think about it. Does LeBron have that kind of relationship with, well, his relationship with Dwayne Wade doesn't compare to anyone on the Cavs, but even when Kyrie was there, I don't think I ever saw LeBron buddy-buddy with anyone on that team. You know what I think it is? LeBron took the mentality of business, meaning that he it's not about being friends and getting along and stuff like that. It's about everyone come and do what they're supposed to do, punch, their, punch the clock out and leave. That's the general consensus I got from LeBron James. That's how I feel that I think he treats things. I think with Dwayne Wade, when he, he was with Miami during those last couple of years, with all those young players like Whiteside and, 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 and Drogic and some of those other guys, you saw he still had the camaraderie aspect with those younger players. And I think that's the one thing Dwayne Wade will add to this Cleveland team. Because if you look at this Cleveland team, they have a little bit of older talent on there, but they have a lot of good talent on there. And I think if 
Dwayne Wade might be the piece that just gels this team together. I th- you felt when the Cleveland Cavaliers were in the finals against the Warriors and during their playoff run, something just didn't feel right about that team. And I th- it feels right to me right now that they're going to be back on the same page. And I think Wade's going to bring something out of Kevin Love. I think Tristan Thompson's going to play better. I like the fact they have Jose Calderon coming off the bench. I think Derrick Rose is going to contribute, and I think that's what you need out of him right now. I don't think you need him to be Derrick Rose scoring 25 points a game. You need Derrick Rose, who's going to give you maybe 15 and 8. Oh, Derrick Rose is a trip away from being, I'm not saying in the grave, but... Well, I, I think this is his last opportunity in the NBA. Uh-huh, without a doubt. You know, I, I saw that the Sacramento Kings made a signing. The, again, before your time, you were very young when, when he was playing for the Nets, but I saw the Sacramento Kings made a move and they signed Marcus Williams, the, the, the young prospect out of Connecticut who got in trouble for, selling, uh, for stealing laptops. I saw that he uh, and he was drafted by the Nets, and he was supposed to be the heir apparent to Jason Kidd. After the year Kidd got traded, Marcus Williams was nowhere to be found. They traded him to Dallas, and <laughs> or he ended up somewhere, and uh, now he just resurfaced again in Sacramento, which I found very interesting. But I know you guys fill me in and what, tell me what you guys think. Is is this a better situation for the Cleveland Cavaliers having Dwayne Wade on that team? I think so because. What were the Cavs relying on last year in order to win the finals? LeBron James, Kyrie, Kevin Love, maybe having the advantage down low. They were just relying on pure skill. You look at that Warriors team, and you and obviously they have arguably four top 20 players. But they gel. They mesh together very well. And I think and this probably... This led to why Kyrie left. Does that team gel together? Does LeBron's future in 2018 make this whole team a question mark? I think Dwayne Wade can save that a little bit. I don't think they're the favorites to win, but I think they have some sort of camaraderie. I don't think they have as much as the Warriors. And I think Kyrie, he was just mad that, you know, they wanted him gone. But, okay, he has one question out there. If Cleveland doesn't do it, do you think LeBron leaves? Yes. No, you, you don't, don't think, think so. Goes out that no, way? I don't think I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Go I ahead. think it's very flat out. I think he's a very smart guy. I think he sees the writing on the wall, and I think he looks at everything from the big picture. And I think he sees that if he goes out west, he's entering a clog of good teams. I think if he stays in the Eastern Conference for the next two years for of his career and finishes out in Cleveland, he only has to worry about the Celtics. And I think that's a very, very... I, I'm not looking at the Wizards yet because I still think the Wizards are a piece of way yeah. from getting there. Uh, so I think he really only has to look at the Boston Celtics and say, this is the only team I need to get through to get to the NBA Finals. So he can go for the next two or three years, no matter who he has on his team, and still get to the Finals and still have a chance for another ring because you never know what happens once you start that series. You never know. If the Cavs would have won Game 3 and they won Game 4, they could have gone back and made things very interesting in Golden State for Game 5. But the fact that they lost Game 3 changed the whole complexion of everything. Now, I'm not saying that LeBron's going to stay, but I'm just saying he seems like he's a pretty smart guy, and I think he looks at everything from the big picture and says, it'd be really stupid of me to leave and risk a chance of not going back to the NBA Finals and go to a team out west where I have to see Golden State four times during the regular year and then have a a logjam of really good teams in the playoffs I'm going to have to get through. I think the better question then is... Who is LeBron? Who is on his team next year? Because Paul George almost went to the. Carmelo said it today. 
Carmelo almost went to Cleveland. Paul George almost went to Cleveland. Look at some of the free agents in this year's class. Well, didn't Cleveland so not want Melo? No, Cle- Cleveland wanted Melo, but the problem was the price that New York wanted for him was going to be ridiculous. When you say when when they say, "Yeah, we'll take Kevin Love, but we also want that Nets pick," and also, "Hey, you know, we're, we maybe we'll throw in another. We want you to throw in another first round draft pick." If I was Cleveland, I'll be like, "Yeah, I'll call you back." Yeah, <laughs> you know, like like we're done. No, this is a dumb a dumb conversation. The Knicks were pricing Carmelo too high after Phil Jackson destroyed him and destroyed his value. And then it became a situation where like you're like, all right, well, let's just see what we can get for him. And then I think the, all the offers, that was really realistic. I know the Cavs did offer a second-round pick in Kevin Love. Um, it's not that Kevin Love is a bad player either. I don't know what the hate is on Kevin Love. Neither do I, but... You know, I just I, it's just one of those things. Um, so real quick, um, before we... We're going to have some people calling in. Eric Webb's going to call in at 710. He's our NBA insider, so we'll jump back into NBA. We sort of got onto the topic of the NFL politics thing, and we sort of drifted away and got into the NBA thing, I think because of the social media aspect of it. Well, what about just quickly and with the NBA, with the White House, with uh, Trump, with Steph Curry, and then acting well, like yeah, a year old Imagine, imagine if LeBron kneels the first game. Imagine well, the, the madness that would happen. But you didn't find it just a little, not amusing, but ridiculous. It became like a 10-year-old thing. He doesn't He broke want up with his girlfriend before the girlfriend broke up with him. That's exactly no, what mean, happened. Like, that's what you can Steph Curry say, all right, I, I don't want to come. Then all of a sudden Trump says, you know what? Then nobody comes to my house. It sounded like a little argument going back and forth. So it's not just the NFL. I think it's going to carry well into the basketball season. Not saying every day, because again, it's not 16 games they play in the NBA, but I definitely foresee a LeBron or something. Do you want to hear something amazing? You know, besides all this that happened on Sunday, they actually played football. <laughs> they actually played football on Sunday. They did. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was absolutely crazy. We put this football game here. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> well, before we do that, you know, we have Zach, uh, Zach Randabar. He, he's part of the uh, Back Sports page f- football team. Before we get really wrapped up with Zach right now, this portion of the program is brought to you by Level 1 Games in Pompton Plains, New Jersey, 615, Route 23 South Pompton Plains, New Jersey, to be exact. Call them right now at 862-248-0456 or go to level1games.com. Ryan, are you a game fan? I'm not really. You're not helping the plug for this this store by, by you doing that. I'm, I know. I just want to let you know that you, you're not helping. I know. <laughs> if you're a gamer and you want to relive your past, play the old school Nintendo, old school PlayStation, or old school Xbox, you definitely want to go over to Level 1 Games. See Tim, Cynthia, and M for all your video game needs. Go to level1games.com right now. They also do Magic the Card Game, you know, Magic Game, the, the Magic Card Game Gathering, Magic the Gathering Card Game. There, that's what I meant to say. As well as Pokemon. Call them right now, 862-248-0456. That's 862-248-0456. It's level1games.com. Level 1 Games located 615 Route 23 South, Pompton Plains, New Jersey. Go there now. All right. So, Zach is down in Tampa, and Zach actually can give us a little bit of an update about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers-Giants game because we're up here, we cover the Giants. Do I, do I have to? Do I have to? You know what, not for nothing, Zach. You know, you live in Tampa, you have a responsibility. I can't just let you talk Giants football all the time. you got to talk a little Tampa football. <laughs> so let's, let's start here because, uh, like we just joked around and said before, with all this kneeling and all this other stuff that happened, believe it or not, there was football that was played on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, in terms of Tampa, I mean, not having Kawan Alexander on Sunday definitely hurt them. I, th- I think uh, David actually got injured on Sunday. I don't I think he'll – I don't think he's suiting up this weekend as well. Um, 
and they're still dealing with that Doug Martin suspension because of the first week that they had off. So I believe he's out for another week um, as well. And that's only going to hurt them even more because of the lack of running game that they have. So um, Tampa's still a team that I'm keeping my eye on. In my opinion, they're one and one. It's not. Just, I mean, the book hasn't been written on them like it's kind of been written on the Giants. Um, but, you know, this will be a tough matchup because the Giants are desperate at this point. That's the main reason why Tampa needs to come in guns blazing in this game in order to have a chance. Um, I mean, they got smoked uh, by Minnesota. So, uh, and Minnesota's a tough, a tough team, though. Minnesota has an excellent defense. And when they play at home, they could be the best defense in football when they're at home. They have the best corner in the league, in my opinion, um, who was given uh, fits for Mike Evans in that game. And Mike Evans looked like he took out some of his frustration on that sideline, um, acting like a prima donna as well. So, um, like all these wide receivers are nowadays, it would seem. Uh, now they don't make them like uh, Larry Fitzgerald anymore, helping up that guy after that spectacular catch on, mm. the, on that Monday night game, you know? That was uh, ridiculous. That was ridiculous catch. And then he helps up the defender. Like, you got to be kidding me. The guy's all pro. He's all pro, you know? They, they really don't make him like that anymore. So, But I still love Mike Evans. He doesn't fall into the Odell category for me, but he's, you know, that, that, outla- that outlash or anything like that just didn't look good. Um, but, you know, it's the Giants. They'll figure out a way to beat themselves a lot of the times, you know, um, just reverting back to last week's game in terms of that punt. It just, had to, it just had to be. It just reminded me of the Philly game from years back when they just needed to not punt the ball to Deshaun Jackson. They just needed to punt it out of bounds. You know, it's just Giants figure out ways to beat themselves, and then they have that stupid penalty of the guy grabbing the guy to get off the field. They still probably would have got the 12 men on the field without even grabbing him. It's just like they get in their own way a lot of times, more times than not. And then a rookie kicker kicks a 61-yarder in their mouth for no reason, you know? Well, I just actually got the Giants injury report for uh, practice today. Uh, Listen to this lineup of people who did not participate, and it gets gets a little scary. Jonathan Casillas was out. Orleans Darkwa out. Brett Jones out. JT Thomas out. Shane Vereen out. Olivia Vernon out. Limited at practice today was Bobby Hart and B.J. Goodson and Janoris Jenkins back on the practice field. So if you're a Giants fan, there is a lot of concern because you have a lot of guys who are playing a lot of minutes out there on that list. So I guess the real question is, the three of us in here, Ryan is a Giants fan, but he's covered the Giants before. Wendy writes for the Giants Insider. I'm, of course, there for Back Sports page covering the team on a full-time basis. Can the Giants bounce back? From this, uh, from what this this crazy 0-3 start, where the first two games they didn't even look competitive, and in the third game of the season you actually had hope in that fourth quarter because it looks like the team finally snapped out of it. Can this can this turn into a one and three start into eventually a playoff run? I think first of all this week's game. Oh, <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead, Zach. You're, you're no, no, no. You guys go. You guys go. I can I can go off for days. Okay, Wendy, feel free. Ladies first. Yeah. Go right ahead. I would assume that the Bucks defense right now is a little banged up. That's where the Giants, because they have no run of game to begin with, with the Bucks defense. I, what is it? McCoy's out, or they banged up. Uh, who's it? Quan. I just Quan think Alexander, that the linebacker, yeah. and then and you got David, the middle linebacker as well, that are all possibly out this week. And last week, with the way that they were just at the times where they did the fast count, the fast snap, even so fast to where the refs were getting in the way when Eli wanted to snap the ball, they look good. They did look good on those spots. And then you had the end of the game with a punt to punt 29 yards, which I think I could have kicked. No, he kicked 28. <laughs> I think I could kick 29. I think Ryan could kick 28. I think I could kick 29. I'd beat you too. But that, and then again, <laughs> last week, defense, they're always solid, but then you had Eli Apple, who once gets burnt. Defense, defense has not been that great, though. I mean, they have the 30th ranked, pass, I mean, uh, rushing defense right now. A lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, Goodson's not in, wasn't in there. 
Yeah, Goodson's um, been out two games, and they lost Hankins. That, that hurt. And they lost Hankins in there. And Tomlinson's been playing well, but again, I mean, Hillen and a guy like Hankins, um, who had, he just understands where he is on the defense. You know, Tomlinson's going to have those rookie woes. And it's just, you know, they're not deep, the Giants. That's the biggest problem. You lose Darkwa, and you lose um, Vereen, who's your running back? Gallman? Yeah, Gallman is not ready for this. He is just not. not Maybe you could replace Ingram? Tight end, running back? That's that's the point, though, but Ingram is not even a blocker. He's a weapon. I mean, the draft pick made zero sense to me. Um, Even the Davis-Webb pick made zero sense to me. Um, I like Webb. He could be the future. But, again, you've got to address concerns with what you have and not addressing the offensive line and getting deeper at that. Like, you're going to lose Bobby Hart and our season goes to the tank. Even Bobby Hart starting is our season has, is questionable. We have, like, and, like, you look on our Madden ra- ra- rankings, excuse me, or ratings in Madden for offensive line, there's not one guy ra- ranked above 75 on our offensive line besides Richburg. That's I'm, it. I think cute. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm laughing that we're this is how we're <laughs> this is determining how we're de- how our season is. You know, all right, Madden football. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Woo! <laughs> that's the mental of the viewer, you know, it's hard to like gauge how good these guys are. But if you give them a Madden ranking, it almost sounds like you know someone had to give that ranking based on something. So it kind of gives it a little bit more perspective. But um, just overall, they're not deep at all in any position. Um, Shepard had a long touchdown. I mean, besides that, we don't know what would have happened on that drive. And to do that fast-paced offense and be able to maintain that by keeping your offensive lineman fresh, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to be something you can keep for four, for four quarters. I agree that in spots it works, and it's good. And it keeps the defense on their toes so they don't have as much of a pass rush, perhaps, so the offensive line doesn't get as exposed as much. But at the same time, that's not something you can keep up throughout a game. It's just not going to happen. Um, and, you know, you got antics like Odell. I think there's a culture problem with the Giants. The Giants have so many problems, it goes beyond the field. Um, despite the, all the injuries that you just mentioned that we're dealing with right now. It's just uh, the Giants are a mess, and they'll be lucky to win six games this year with that schedule, having to play the AFC West and having to play all the East opponents again. Um, Washington's not a sleeper, obviously, this year. That Everybody's seeing that they're a real team this year. It's just it's tough. It's tough noogies for, for the Giants going forward. I mean, this is a game that they got to have. If they don't have this game, this is a fireball offense, in my opinion. Well, I also think when you say something like that and you made the comment that it's a culture problem, I want you to take also, also take a look at last season compared to this season. Again, I'm still in that. You guys argue with me, and that's fine. Everyone can argue with me about this, but I still think the first five weeks of the season are, is a mirage. First five weeks of the season, you're not really seeing what the teams really are. The Giants started the season last year 2-3, and three, and it turned around, obviously, with, the, by, of course, A, by the schedule, because if you look at the schedule that they had last year, they had that that AFC uh, set was that AFC Central, I believe so. Yeah, AFC Central with uh, they had Cleveland, they had um, Cincinnati, they had Baltimore. Who all three of them were terrible, and they had them all within a span of two weeks of each other. Then they had Chicago, and then they had they had some pretty bad teams, and they don't have that type of schedule this year where they have a group of bad teams in a row that they'll be able to help build a record up. But I also think too, as you just said, it was a culture issue. The real, here's the real thing, and you guys want to jump in and jump down my throat and tell me that I'm 100% wrong. I'm fine with that. When you know you have an issue and you know what a problem is and you don't address the issue and you get Eli Manning a bunch of other toys to throw the ball to, but you don't address what the main issue is, and this is a conversation I just might have with you guys. I had the same conversation with Jordan Renan from ESPN, and yes, I'm name-dropping him uh, because... The showing the, the, the legit conversation that was had with someone who's around there more than I am. When I had the same conversation with uh, Jordan and James Cratch, who's been on this show multiple times, and a couple other people, and I state the point of when you know what your number one issue is and you don't address it during the offseason, 
you should not be surprised when that issue is still there when the new season comes around. And I understand they want to build a camaraderie between Hart, um, J- Jerry, Justin Pugh, Weston Richburg. I understand, uh, and Eric Flowers. I understand they want to draw that camaraderie between the guys and, ke- and see if they can pull it together. But you play a lot, f- of it ha- a lot of it has to do with the guys that they're invested in. You know, Mac- that Eric Flowers pick. That's that's McAdoo and Reese's pick. That's their baby. You know, a lot of it. Like that same thing with Eli Apple. They can't just give up on him because even though they know he's a scrub and he's another Mukamara type that's just not going to live up to a number one corner standard for drafting him in the first round, as you see all these other guys like a Dory Jackson and all these other guys going, and you just drafting the wrong guy every single year. It's it's just I mean, if, without getting lucky with Odell and Landon Collins, who have we really drafted that's been this game changing type of player that you feel like that wasn't picked up in free agency just to do a plug in plug in replacement like last year. Like without a lot of the chemistry and a lot of the camaraderie that was necessary, we kind of got lucky with our schedule being able to go eleven and five. Um, I agree with that one hundred and ten percent. You know, like that 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 had a lot to do with just you know you're plugging in a lot of guys. It's basically like you made a Madden team. Basically, you take Jenkins, you put him on the team, put him at number one corner. You take uh, what's it called, Hankins, and you put him in the middle. You put uh, and you put Snacks in the middle. Bang, your run defense is solid. And you put Vernon on the outside. Bang, you got a pass rush with Pierre Paul. Like you, it was a lot of just plug and go and spend a lot of money, which you know. New York team, like if we just revert to the Yankees, that might work for a season, and it worked for a season for the Yankees, but that's not going to solve your going forward problem, you know, and in terms of the offensive line working as cohesion, you got to just, you got to call a spade a spade. Eric Flowers has horrible technique. It, at, the, at this point in his career, he hasn't improved his technique at all. He drops his head every time he, pa- he, he it's pass rushing. Every time he drops his head, and he, and he stretches out his arms, he gets exposed every game. John Jerry, same thing. So it's just, they got a world of problems that they didn't solve in the offseason, as you just said, and they just make mind-boggling picks to me by drafting guys that can't even help us. And they're drafting a tight end, and you don't even draft the guy that's the best blocking tight end in the draft, Njoku, or Njoku, however you pronounce it, but or O.J. Howard even, but you draft Ingram, who's just another weapon, and that just makes it seem like you don't even want Odell on your team, and you're just trying to figure out a way to replace Odell with another weapon because you know Odell's a nuisance, and you don't want to face him head-on, and you're going to need him for this following season, which is this season now, so you're not, you're not trying to create a problem. So it's just like, again, there's a culture problem. No one wants to stand up to Odell. Like, if Coughlin was in that locker room, I guarantee you Odell would be sitting first quarter for this week. Guaranteed. Like, at least something as minimal as that. I I disagree with that. I believe that. You know, I don't think he would put up with all the antics of Odell peeing. Like, are, are you talking? Are you talking? Well, this is. is it, are you talking 2007 Coughlin? Or are you talking towards the end of the career? End of the 2015. Are you talking 2015 Coughlin? Because 2007 Coughlin, I, I hate to say it, I agree with you 110. percent I think Coughlin in 2007 would would be benching Odell for the first quarter and would not be tolerating any of the crap. I think in 2015 when we got to the end of the line for Coughlin, I think Coughlin gave up, and I think. And what game was it, Randy? It was a Carolina game. It was. The, it was I, I think it might have been even before that. I think it actually might have been the uh, the Patriot game. Yeah, I think. Oh, it, yeah. I oh, think yeah. it was that Patriot game. Uh, you can even make an argument it have been the Jet game. I think. I think his. I think Coughlin's fate was sealed with that team when they lost the Jet game, and they they lost that they lost you know that season they lost how many games in the final two minutes? I think they lost six games. Seven, in the fi- six or seven, yeah. Six, you know, and you know, so they. You see now who should have been given the red pink sli- with red slip pink slip. Uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry was, was, was Reese. Jerry Reese, right. and I feel he is one of the biggest problems as to why the Giants are. Yes, we talked Absolutely. about the fact that they were eleven and five, and they had not so rough a ske- rough schedule. I think the reason why Eric Flowers is still there because I think they would have only had to pay him a year's salary. 
to me, a year's salary for a multi-billion dollar team is worth making the playoffs and possibly a Super Bowl. Reese, to me, hides behind his picks, knows his picks is a bust, and just doesn't want, he wants to save face. He doesn't want to admit, yeah, I was wrong. Because in this draft, the offensive line... The but who does in that position? No, but when you address the offensive line with just, what was it, Adam Bewitsky from uh, Pittsburgh, who's just on the practice squad, and then they picked up uh, Fluker, who hasn't really been playing. So my whole thing is that they need to... It's like just Reese is just almost the, flu- the Fluker pickup is like a pretend pick. It's almost like they're pretending to 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 say, "Hey, we kind of know that we need we have an offensive uh, problem here. We need to pick up somebody that might be able to do something." Like, and Fluker is supposed to be a guy like that. You're talking about a guy that's on a board that's a borderline bust for the San Diego Chargers. Not not a bust complete. Like he's a serviceable uh, offensive lineman, but you're talking about a guy that never lives up to expectations whatsoever. So they were like, "All right, we'll get him for the low, and maybe we can plug and play him." And He'll be he'll be good enough because we went eleven and five with this horrible offensive line. We should be able to you know be able to go eleven and five, ten and six again, and sneak into the playoffs since everybody in the NFC is going to have a tough schedule. Blah blah blah. Maybe we could sneak by. And it's just he's not even playing at this point. I mean, they could have. I mean, what did um, who got uh, Whitworth in the in the offseason? Who, who picked up Whitworth? I, I can't, I'm blanking right now. My, the my Rams. The Rams. The Rams had two pickups this offseason. They only traded maybe a fourth or fifth round pick to get Whitworth or something like that. Something ridiculously small in order to acquire such a good offensive lineman. That could be, that's somebody that could change the face of the Giants offensive line. Just one guy. Literally one guy. And, and the Giants is- got rid of, uh, he, they gave up the seventh pick for, uh, Adam for the, in the draft. For Apple, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, no, yeah, yeah. no, for Adam Binowitzki, this, uh, draft. Oh, Binowitzki, yeah, 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 my fault, my fault. Right, right, right. That's true. And he's not, and has he even he was practice squad, right? No, yeah, he's on the pa- at first he was caught and then they brought him back to the practice squad. So that's you know, I think again Jerry Reese hides behind his mistakes, doesn't want to admit them. And Eric Flowers, all he discussed Reese was while well, he lost weight. There's no fundamentals, he can't push off and balance himself. So again, if you're going to say something about a year's salary, that just shows that you just want to keep your job safe. And I don't and think he's going to be there. Drafted Fournette. They could have drafted Fournette or Cook, a downhill runner that maybe wouldn't be able to get break big runs because he can't get past the line of scrimmage maybe, but he's a bruiser, so you know he'll at least lean forward and get two, three, four yards of carry, you know, something like that. Paul Perkins has no vision that he's shown. There were countless runs last week that I thought he had a chance to break open, and he would run straight into the line of scrimmage, and he had a chance to break it outside and use his speed. I thought Darko was way more effective last week, actually. Um, and just in general over what I've seen. I mean, besides that one screen pass that per- Perkins took last year, and everybody's been so hyped based on that one play, aside from that, honestly, I really haven't seen much from Perkins that would prove to me he could be a starter in this league. Um, so you don't draft a running back. You don't draft anything that has to do with running the ball. The Giants are known for a defensive and running team. You have the defense, and now you're trying to add weapons to Eli with no offensive line and no running game. It just it's counterintuitive to me. It just makes no sense. And again, like you said, you, you, you said it well. Reese is just hiding behind the mask of his picks. He knows Eli Apple is not going to be the guy. He knows Eric Flowers is not going to be the guy. And where do you go from here if you're a Giants fan? Like, you're going against Deshaun Jackson, the giant killer this weekend. You got Mike Evans on one side, covered by Janoris Jenkins. You know what Deshaun Jackson is going to do to us this game? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The Giants better bring it because he could go for 150 for no reason. Easy. On two catches. 
on 2K. <laughs> and, and I heard that Darian Thompson's going to get less snaps because he didn't look good last week. Um, also, I, I think something like Spagnola said he's going to give Adams more of a look, Andrew Adams, which I like because I thought Andrew Adams looked good in the preseason. But, Andrew Adams um, looked great last season when uh, Darian Thompson went down. Well, Thompson also yeah, took out true. Sproles for the rest of his career now. Sproles yeah, is done. Yeah, yeah, that, and that was a, that seemed like a little bit of not a dirty hit, but I saw Thompson on that play, and you know that was the one tackle I think he made all game on that right flat, I believe it was like or the left side flat or whatever that was. But uh, yeah, and that sucks for Squirrels because he's an NFL guy. You know, if you're an NFL fan, you like a guy like Squirrels for what he's given given to this league. But um, not against Philly though, obviously. But uh. <laughs> well, hey Ryan, I don't know if you noticed, but Zach Zach's uh, football podcast is also coming to back sports page, so you're not like alone on this one either. So there you go. Yeah, so this yeah, this works. Absolutely. My, my podcast is called Road 26, by the way. Road 26 podcast. My boy John and I, he's a hardcore Dallas Cowboy fan. He's got a cowboy tattoo on his arm. He's a, he's a nut job, but... Uh Good man, you guys will meet him eventually, though. Well, I, first off, I, I commend you for dealing with the Dallas Cowboy fans. I, listen, I have friends that are Dallas Cowboys fans, but I think <laughs> you know, like, I, Dallas Cowboy fans, to me, um, uh. they're, they're passionate. And I think that's the best word to describe them. They're very passionate. But sometimes that passion becomes overbearing. <laughs> you know, I mean that with lucky. love to all they're them. So lucky. Yeah. They're so lucky. With the, the, with the foundation that they have, they're going to be – they are – they are the team. Well, right listen, now. with that offensive line that have Wendy can play quarterback, Ryan can be the running back, and they would still win about 12 games. That's fine. You can say that. But, that, but again, with that being said, Dak Prescott is the man. I mean, Zeke is Zeke, whatever. It looks like Zeke is not really football mentally committed. It looks like he's running with a different angst than he ran, he ran with last year. Still effective, though, because like you said, offensive line is too dominant. Um, so and I, and I love I, I like Dak you know I love Dak actually like his football acumen I don't love him because he's on Dallas and I'm a Giants fan obviously and you know he's but he's the man you can just look at him and you know you look at the guy he, you can see he is the man so and that's a problem for any Giants fan going forward because Eli is about to be out of town and with this dysfunction of this offensive line and whatever's going to happen in the future I'd be surprised if even Odell resigns you know I could just see him walking for no reason just because he can see the dysfunction coming. And he's not going to tolerate people talking about him when he does his dances or does whatever he does when he puts up two touchdowns and he's the only reason we're even in the game. So, and and he's def- there's arrogance to Odell. There's too much ego. So if you don't feed to that ego, he'll just bounce. I guarantee it. He'll go to Baltimore and play with Flacco even over a backup quarterback on the Giants when Eli's done. It's just it's not going to be pretty going forward for the Giants in terms of the offensive side of the ball. Well, I don't know. You know? I, was, I was about to say, I don't know where to go with all that positivity we just had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll go with the win this week. I don't know. I, like, like I said, you know what they always say, winning cures all issues. Remember last last year when uh, Odell was having issues with the kicking net and all this other stuff in Green Bay and they had the bad game? Winning cures all issues. They win this it week. Did. It, it did, and then they went to Miami and went on a boat with Timberlands on and uh, all stood there and posed for the camera. And, uh, uh, don't blame that picture. Come on now. Listen. Just suck it up and call it a loss. Don't blame a picture. No, no, come on. You're telling me, though. You're telling me, though. That if you're a star receiver and you have veteran like Victor Cruz next to you, a Super Bowl champion, and you got Sterling Shepard there, you're three wideouts, the week of a playoff game, the week of the playoff game, you don't have a week off because you have a bye because you earned it. It's the same week, and you go down to a place and have fun, and you're not focused on your matchup, and you're going to Green Bay, and then you drop balls in that game, including a Shepard touchdown in the corner of the end zone, and multiple drops by Odell as well on crucial on crucial games. I'm sorry, yeah, I will blame that absolutely as a fan. Because I'm dedicating my life personally to watching the Giants and studying the Giants and being a huge fan. So you're not going to give us the just due of being focused the week of a playoff game? 
Give so me a break. I'm if sorry. they didn't no. go to Miami and they still looked the way they did, you'd be okay with it. You'd Absolutely. be okay with them having Absolutely. like a mental. Absolutely. Absolutely, of course, because there would be nothing to say about it. There would be nothing. There'd be nothing there. The only thing you could say is, oh, they just didn't show up that game. The game was in over their heads. They're early, they're rookies. They're early woes. You know, things like that. And maybe all that's still contributing factors, and I'm not saying it's not, but at the same time, when you add that other element into it, you're just giving more weight to the argument that you guys were not focused. You know, you give you give weight to that argument. So. And so to me, I'm just saying there's no excuses. So it looks worse on them. You lost. You lost is a loss. Giving an excuse, if I didn't take a picture, I'd be better and we would have won. That's, you know, no. Yeah? You, you lost on your own. It wasn't a picture on Miami. And remember, Eli think, said he yeah. would have loved to been there shirtless. He just don't know if he could uh, compete. <laughs> that was a that was a slight comment over the side of his mouth. He said something like, I, 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 "I'm surprised they didn't bring flip flops, or I didn't see any flip flops." What did he say? Something funny. Oh, he funny. said he just wouldn't want to take off his shirt with he's everybody else's dad. abs. <laughs> yeah, he's the man. I love Eli so much. Uh, <laughs> Giants fans take him for granted. We'll miss him when he's gone. He, he's just. You know, the guy stayed out of the media for so long. It's just, they talk about a positive note. Through all this jambalaya and all this crap that we deal with in terms of Odell or Reese or McAdoo, and McAdoo is another guy that is, uh, I can't wait for him to leave the team, but he's got his head in that diner menu of a playbook throughout the game with no player interaction. He just doesn't know what's going on, it looks like. Um, but in terms of Eli, you know, what a guy. What a, what a guy. I'm so happy we have him, you know, just as the stability for the team. 16 games every single year. You can you know what you're going to get with the good with the bad, but Eli Manning, you know, Giants fans, uh, we take him for granted absolutely, but you know, we would be nothing without the man. I mean, with you that said, stuff. Eli looked like old Eli last Sunday when they were getting those snaps off. Right? Listen, Eli oh, Apple oh, yeah. had those two PI calls that led up to 14 points. Both of them, you got down by the uh, goal line. So, you know what I'm saying? Eli looked great last week, so there was another reason why Reese is putting blame and yet McAdoo coming down on Eli. For what? What do you want? They're all trying to hide behind their losses, and it's just like almost like what Phil Jackson did with Mello. You want to hide under anything, so you throw other people under the bus. It's nonsense. I love that comparison. I love that comparison. I love that comparison. And, and I think it's a little bit more due to Mello than I would say to Eli. But that comparison is applicable for sure by the by what your argument is, which is the the general manager hiding behind the star player, so or the coach, excuse me, um, or there were both even between McAdoo and Reese and versus Phil Jackson and Hornacek. So absolutely, but um, we'll see what we got going forward with these Giants. This is a huge game this week. I, I really believe McAdoo's job is on the line with this one this week, especially with David and Alexander out. You know, Doug Martin's not playing. This is a game you gotta have. You're zero three. If you start zero four, that seat's gonna be more than hot. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Zach, let everybody know where they can find you, my friend. So you go to SoundCloud.com uh, backslash. Let me get you the exact tag right now. I think it's. Let me see. Hang on. Give me two seconds. And you're and, and it's also you, starting this week. You're gonna be posting them to backsportspage.com. I gotta show you how to do it. Yes, you got to show me how to upload that. So I, you know what? Just it's called Road Twenty Six Podcast. You can search it on Twenty Six. Sound, sound uh, spelled exactly how it sounds. Excuse me. And um, yeah, just check us out. The most recent episodes is what we record. Um, some of the older episodes have not so good audio. Um, you know, we curse. There's banter. We talk about everything. Oh, I don't like when people curse. It makes me feel like you're angry. Come on, sports is supposed to be fun. No cursing. No, no, no. The, the, the curse who are who are you? Yeah. 
Who are you? <laughs> You're better than that, Zach. <sighs> <sighs> All right, so we set we for some time. Um, <laughs> we, we have we set, we have some mixed drinks on air. You know, we talk about the casino scandal. We talk about positive things like um, JJ <laughs> Barea taking Matt, uh, Mark Cuban's plane down. Yeah, those are stories that I love. Yeah, all that good stuff, and just and just like that, we also talk about the bad stuff as well. Um, all the things that are going with the Knicks and all that stuff. Obviously, we keep it with New York as well. So check us out, Road Twenty Six Podcast. It'll be up on your site, Back Sports page, of course. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, man. We appreciate you calling and uh, joining us for a few minutes, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week. Thanks, Have Zach. a good night. Uh, yes, you guys too. Uh, thank you so much for having me. All right, I'll talk to you guys soon. You got it. So I just, while he was on the air, I just forwarded Ryan an email that I just got. Uh, it was the transcript from uh, Jonathan Casillas, because apparently there was a little bit of a meeting this <laughs> a meeting last night uh, concerning all this kneeling, and uh, Mr. Goodell Mr. Goodell had a meeting with uh, the player reps as well as the uh, owners. So, Ryan, what, what did you um, what did you get on that so far? It pretty much just says that Roger Goodell wanted to meet up with a couple owners, a couple of players. Um, quote, we basically talked about the anthem, the kneeling that happened this past weekend, and how we did show solidarity basically against Trump's statement and what we're going to do moving forward. Now, there was nothing ironed out. There was just a whole bunch of opinions being thrown out. I liked it because you got to see the opinions from the owners. You got to see some of the opinions from the players as well. Stuff like that is very good. It's proactive. Thanks Trump for saying what he said because without him saying that, number one, the whole league wouldn't have been so collectively together and number two, we would have never had that meeting. So it basically just sounds like air is being cleared out and what we said in the beginning, you agree, you disagree, so be it, beliefs are there. And I like the fact that the owners and the players are communicating with each other, which might make the collective bargaining <laughs> session yeah. a couple of years from now make a little bit easier. But it's good to hear that they're getting on the same page with this. So there's no more, well, this these guys are doing this, these guys are doing that, these guys are doing this. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody has some idea of what the others are doing, and everybody can move forward. So I find that, th- I, and that's why I forwarded it over to Ryan, because I know Ryan would look at it. He'll die, be able to dissect it a little bit better than I would at this point in time. So. You don't think Goodell, though, is doing this just to gain back some more of this? St- I mean, because he was under the bus. He, well, so he has I, to. Right, that's what I'm saying. So I don't know if he, you know, believes in it as much as, like, Jerry Jones did before the game as far as unity. I think Goodell might be doing it to, you know, get, oh, my God, Goodell, you're doing something great for well, us, finally. One thing Casillas said, um, he was asked, did you get the sense that Goodell wants players to stop kneeling? And Casillas said, not really. Goodell, he really wasn't saying too much. He let the he was kind of letting the owners and us players talk more than anything. So I just think that whether Roger Goodell has an opinion on it or not, and he obviously does because who doesn't at this point, he's just going to stay quiet. And I think that's what he should do because I think – if he says something, he's going to get someone upset. Roger Goodell already has two types of people boycotting the NFL at this point. People who don't like the protests and people who do like the protests. So people are boycotting the NFL for two different reasons. That's pretty. That's a funny irony in this entire thing. So maybe if Roger Goodell does say something, he wins a group back. I don't think Roger Goodell understands that people from both sides are boycotting, but that's the truth of the matter. People from both sides of the argument are boycotting the NFL. Does Roger Goodell understand that? I'm not sure, but that that's a very ironic aspect in this entire thing. 
and I don't want to jump to conclusions, but I really feel that Roger Goodell is against what they're doing, and I just feel that, again, shutting up kind of, you know, silences a crowd for a little bit, but if this thing gets out of control, what's Goodell going to do? Yeah. You know, if people are demanding, you know, this this is nonsense anymore, they can't be doing this, is Goodell then going to change his mind if he tells players he agrees with them and they should be kneeling? And then he gets backlash for that. Then what happens? I think he should also try and solve the problem right now, then shutting up. You are the commissioner. Try and get something going. Because, again, this will never end. Everybody on each side is going to argue that point till forever of time. I still think there's a group of people who don't want this to end. I think there's still people in that office who want this craziness to continue. I, I, I really do believe that. I really do believe that it's still because it just draws eyes to the product. I, I just think it's drawing the casual eye right now, the people who may not watch the fo- watch football games on Sunday. I think there's gonna be there's a piece of the audience that's coming in and watching it because they wa- they want to see what all this is going on. People who are not football fans are paying attention. Are to football. paying attention to football, and and, I, and the, the league is looking at that as a win. Even if it's negative publicity, they're looking at that as a win because people who boycott. They're going to stop eventually. Of course. I mean, I'm not boycotting. I mean, I'm not boycotting a thing, but I have a very tough time believing. And you see the videos of people burning their jerseys in season two. I mean, ten years from now, they're going to look at those videos and say, "What in the world was I thinking? Why would I burn my tickets?" Let's say LeBron fan from Cleveland. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> meanwhile, there's there's some LeBron fans right now going, "Man, I wish I didn't burn that jersey." I exactly. Some of them are exactly. trying to put it back yeah, together. Now, 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 now I got to go spend another hundred dollars. <laughs> what the hell? Exactly. But the point is. Uh, I, I lost my track of thought now for a second, but <laughs> I, uh, have, I, have, I, have a, I have a way of doing that. Here's I have a way of doing that to people. Here's what I was getting at. The goal of every commissioner in every league is to not get the attention from everyone that you have already, but get more eyes. Look at the MLB. We see more bat flips and stuff in Major League Baseball. How many of the guys who are the, the get-off-my-long guys, how many of the guys who have been watching baseball since the 30s, 40s, and 50s are going to stop watching the sport because a guy flipped his bat after a home run? Nobody. I'm old-fashioned like that also, but I'm not going to shut the game off because there might be a piece of arrogance in the game, and I'm not going to do that with the NFL either. Every sport, their goal is to not keep the attention of guys and, and of, of fans in general who have been watching their entire lives. Their goal is to get new eyeballs every single year. Everyone who's saying, I'm boycotting, that's going to end. The people who are boycotting because people are protesting, those people are eventually going to watch because as a sports fan, why would you do that to yourself? It's all, I think it's so much, I think it's all short term, I think it's all in the moment, I think it's all out of anger for a lot of people. Maybe there are some people who are going to say, I'm never watching the NFL again. I'm sure there are some people in the I think, like I that. think those people are full of it, to be honest with you. I think, I would tend to think that most people who are boycotting will say in three weeks, wow, I really haven't paid attention to my fantasy team, and <laughs> it's, it's going to be something like that, or their favorite team. Let's say people who are boycotting Giants, let's say the Giants do go on an incredible stretch and somehow make the playoffs. What if a team on the brink in week 16 and 17 is about to make the playoffs, and you're boycotting? 
you're going to boycott at one of the most important games of the season? You're not going to do that. I'm still having a hard time thinking why you guys still think the Giants are going to make the playoffs. I st- I, again, I still look at the aberration of – I still think this is an aberration of the – it's just a bad start. It's a bad 0-3 start. I've seen 0-3 teams come back from this. It's, the only thing I can say about the Giants is that their schedule – we're now live on Facebook, guys, by the way. I just want to let everybody know. Uh, so wave wave to the cameras now. Like Wendy's, Hi. Not, Wendy's <laughs> not happy with that. All right, that doesn't work out well. Hello, no. to, hello um. to our Facebook audience. Uh, so look, at the end of the day, I do think that the Giants are going to make it in because you look if they win. If this is the key week, they beat Tampa, they're going to beat the Chargers next week. Okay, because the Chargers are just not that good. Neither are the Lions. Well, the Li- look, the Lions are playing for everybody tough. They just look. They just lost to a good Atlanta team, and they were in that game. So before he's sitting there saying the Lions aren't that good, the Lions are playing very well. They have a they have a great quarterback, and they're, they're they've been playing very well the first couple weeks. The Chargers also have weapons in the passing game, and you know you're not going to say that they don't have weapons in the passing game. Well, they do. I th- look, any given Sunday, right? What, what's they always say? The worst team in the NFL wasn't the year when Jacksonville was terrible. Remember when the Giants went to Jacksonville one year? And they're like, oh, this is a gimme game. And the Giants ended up losing that Grant game. Granted, the Giants season was already over, so a lot of people weren't too upset about that. But Yeah, I was <laughs> I was still devastated about that loss, actually. I'm like, I, like, how do we lose to Jacksonville? I just, Melvin Gordon knows that 100% for the Chargers. He's still talking about, yeah. especially playing against the Giants' offense. Well, let's let's really quick. Let's look at the NFL as a whole, not just the Giants right now. Let's look around, and let's look at the schedule, and let's do our picks. Um, by the way, that week that Anthony, uh, we were not in the studio last week at all. Uh, last uh, two weeks ago, when Anthony was here and Wendy was here again, we um, I was here on Sunday, so I didn't uh, Saturday, so I didn't have a chance to do picks with Sarah on uh, Saturday. But I'm, I did pretty well with our picks. I think the only one that I was I don't think I was wrong at all. You're gonna have to make a list. Why don't you save it? I file. Save, Anthony was computer. supposed to. Anthony's our producer. You want you know? Anthony Anthony's is off. Anthony's blaming off Anthony. Oh, look at that. We have Phil Jackson. Yeah. We have Jerry Reese. Yeah. And now we have you throwing everybody under the bus. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, real quick, um, I, I said in the, in you know in the preview of the show before we get into the NFL stuff, I just did, did notice uh, my good friend Mike Ryan uh, did sign on here. Um, and I said I was going to do a tribute uh, in the preview of the show for those who saw. Um, for, uh, you guys don't, I don't. I'm not sure if you guys know what Drum Bugle Corps is. Uh, um, it's picture a marching band with like just brass instruments, and it's more of a professional feel. Um, I did Drum Bugle Corps for over 12 years, 12 or 13 years of my life. Growing up to it, you know, I grew up in it, and I met some amazing people like Mike Ryan. And Mike is on online watching us right now. Let's wave the mic. And Mike's uh, Mike had a daughter. Her name was Bridget, and she succumbed to cancer this past week. And uh, you know, she lost her battle with cancer. And um, you know, w- the, the world the world lo- you know the world lost an angel this past week. And our prayers and our thoughts go out to Mike and, and his family. And just to thank you for all your support. Uh, I'm sorry that I was not able to be there to support you this week, my friend. But um, you know. You and the family are into my thoughts, and uh, from all of us here at the Back Sports Page family, uh, we love you guys, and you know you're you're definitely in our thoughts. And you know Bridget, Bridget was an angel, and uh, she will be sorely missed. So thank you, Mike, and uh, you know, you know our, our condolences go out to the Ryan family. So absolutely. So you know, just I, you know, I, I can't I can have a hard time finding the words just because 
um, I was very close with everybody who was involved with the drum corps for as long as I have and um, Mike has always been very supportive of everything that we've done on the show and he's always tuning in through Facebook Live and listening and reading the work that we've done I can't say enough uh, great things for Mike and his family for Patty and, and, her, and her husband Chris who I've known for a long time and, and Terry as well um, just you know, thank you for all your support and if you guys need anything we're here for you as well so Mike thank you and uh, you know, we're here for you so uh, with that being said you know um, just going back to you know it's, hard to, it's sort of hard to transition back into what we were doing I, I said I wasn't going to do it and when we when we signed on to Facebook and I saw Michael come on I really wanted to make sure I got that point home because I said I was going to do it and I really wanted to uh, follow through on that so uh, with that being said Going back over into the NFL, like I said, it's really hard to transition back, and it's my it's my job who's who's driving driving the train on this to do that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to. Um, okay, so back to the NFL. Like we Ryan, the way we do this is we pick four games. Yes, five games. I think was it four or five? What did we do last time? I think it was four games. I don't remember. Okay, so I'm looking at the schedule. Let's pick four or five games. And so we'll you pick the games. I pick the games because it's, 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 it's your show. It's my show. There you go. So tonight you have Green Bay and Chicago. Then you have New Orleans and Miami, Cincinnati and Cleveland. Oh, God, that's going to be a terrible game. <laughs> Cincinnati and Cleveland, Buffalo and Atlanta, Jacksonville, New York with the Jets. That's going to be terrible. Detroit, Minnesota is going to be interesting. Carolina, New England, that will be fun. Uh, the Rams and Dallas, I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, that's one you can keep an eye on. Tennessee and Houston, San Francisco, Arizona, Philadelphia and the Chargers, the Giants and Tampa, Oakland and Denver, I think that's definitely one we're going to keep an eye on. Indy and Seattle, oh, God, that's a terrible game for Sunday night, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, Washington, and then Washington and KC on Monday. So, all right, so are we picking outright or with the spread? I don't do no. spreads. Yeah, I don't so do we're spread. going outright. We're going outright. Got it. Got it. All right, so I think one of the games we should definitely go with, let's go with Oakland and Denver because I think that's going to be one that's really interesting to watch. Uh, that Denver defense, man. <laughs> it just seems like you would think after two years after winning the Super Bowl, some of those those pieces would just go away. Man, they're good. Man, they're good. So I'm going to go uh, Denver's the whole team here. I'm going to go Denver, uh, Denver taking this one. I am actually sitting Derek Carr and playing Trevor Simeon in fantasy. And you mentioned the Denver D, that goes without saying, but Trevor Simeon has been very good. He is throwing the ball very well, with the exception of last weekend. But the first two weeks, he was throwing the ball very well. And who on Oakland on their defense is any good besides Khalil Mack? No one. There you go. I'm <laughs> going you go. Denver. I'm going the home team. Okay. Denver, I mean, the Raiders were absolutely run over by the Redskins. Uh, Denver is a much better thing. They all played Buffalo for most of the game last week. But there were a few mistakes that cost the team the end. Trevia Simeon did some good things too. But I just I can't foresee the Raiders, even though I find Derek Carr great. You have the yes. best defense, uh big defensive player of the year on there. Uh you have who did they just pick up? Uh Marshawn Lynch. And then you have uh what's his name? Um Crabtree. They're not going to play bad. But you're in mile high, and I don't believe the Raiders have played a complete game yet this season, and on the road is a tough place to be playing in Denver. So I got Denver. Okay. I'm, I think so. We're all unanimous, unanimously picking Denver. Why okay. like a touchdown? Let's not make it where it's going to get crazy. All right. So now we're talking about one of the few 0-3 teams in the NFL in the New York Football Giants against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
I'm going to start this. I, I I just can't see the Giants going away into the into the dark night softly. I, th- I think this is their breakout game. I think this is where where they come out and show what they're really made of. And I think this is the game they finally get on the board. So I'm going to go with the Giants. And I know there's not a lot of football <laughs> football breakdown there, but I just this team is too good not to be in the win column right now. I think they they fell asleep on the wheel in the first two home games, I'm sorry, the first two games of the year, and now they're heading into this game against Tampa. So, Ryan, we'll go, we're gonna, we'll go around the room. Ryan, I just I just can't see the Giants going 0-4. I would like to say the same thing, but the, I want to ask you, Randy, what makes you think the Giants are a good team? I just think you they're, have to. I don't. I, I don't d- think they're good. I, I just. Think I just team. think they have. T- I just think they have too many weapons. I do think that that defense is still a very, very, very good defense, but not when it's playing. You know, out of for forty s- minutes a game. For forty minutes a game. Yeah, I think if the Giants' offense can take what they got from that fourth quarter against the Eagles, take that momentum that the offense have had of having some success, because that's the offense you want to see. Against the, the head against yeah. the fourth quarter against the Eagles and the Eagles, I'm just gonna say this right now: the Eagles are not a bad team. No. Okay. So and they have a very they, have, they don't have a great defense, but they're not terrible defense either. So I think that if the Giants' offense can take the momentum that they had during the Philadelphia game and carry it over into this game, I don't see why they can't compete in every single game that they're in. So that is why I'm going to give the, the Giants the nod because. I also think that Tampa is still figuring themselves out and figuring out who they are because I don't think they know yet with Jameis Winston at, at quarterback. So that's why I'm going to be sticking with the Giants and I'm going to go with them this week. I think an advantage that the Giants have as well is that this is the first week that they're fully healthy. So you look at you 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 assume that Odell is about somewhere between ninety and ninety five percent at this point. Janoris Jenkins is now probably over the 80% mark at this point. He was very hobbled last week, and I'm surprised that he didn't get torched more last weekend, if you want me to be completely honest. That is a nod that the Giants have this weekend. However, I do think last week with its with its power, and you said it before, Wendy, Eli did play very well. He played, a, he played a lot smarter last week than I thought. However, is that going to last? Personally, I don't think so. I hope I'm wrong, obviously. But I do think that this offensive line just does not stand a chance no matter who they play. I'm going to go Bucks. At the same time, I would not be surprised if the Giants won the game because, like you said, they still have Odell Beckham Jr. They still have Eli Manning. They still have a, de- they still have a great defense. If this defense forces some turnovers like they did last week, and it, last week they finally broke for one week. I, I don't think as much broke. I mean, put it like this. I think the Eagles would have taken... Such control of the game from the beginning. If they just let Blunt run on every play, which yeah. I never understood, every time he got the ball, he was off. Yeah, get they didn't play, and then you know Sproles, he probably ended his career. But I just didn't understand why Philly didn't run the ball more. With that said, you know, talking about Eli again, it's the offensive line. If you see, he still has it. He still has it. He can't run outside the pocket. We know that. We knew that in 2004. I mean, yeah. So it, it's sort of like you know bringing over Melo. You knew he was a ball hog. You know, coming from Denver and coming from Syracuse. But with that said, I just if the offensive line could at least get it to where they're snapping it with the two seconds. You got something going. Their defense, the Giants' defense, is always going to be. To me, they're at the top of the list. But they have the most dominant defensive line. But you got to look at also the weakness. Now, with Tampa, I told you, uh, Levante David, Alexander, McCoy, they were all banged up. But with the Giants, with their offense, again, you just can't run the ball. Now, we always know you got to balance it out in order to win. However, it's more balance it out sometimes 
over time to win. I think some games it, you can and get they away with wisely either. They don't balance it out wisely either. But now with our running backs hurt, and you know, I think last week with the fourth and two with uh, Oakwood throwing yeah. back two yards, that was yeah, a little that ridiculous. That was our, such a bad th- call. Yeah, that was beyond ridiculous. I, I think there's two bad calls in that situation, on, on obviously on the same play. One, you don't give it to Darkwood to go up the middle because everybody knows they're going up the middle. So you can even just throw it out to the side. Darkwood could have gone over t- to the right side or the left side. There was plenty of room, and he would have gotten in. Two. You don't have to go in for a touchdown there either. Mm-mm. Just get points on the board. And that took him at a field goal range. Well, not only that, but seven. you could have gone into the locker room at halftime. What was that at that point? Seven to three? No, th- no, that was. Oh, no. You're talking well, about the th- ensuing? You're talking about when they were I'm th- when I'm it was fourth and in, uh, third and inches? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm talking fourth and inches after they failed twice with, Ster- uh, with uh, Shepard in the end zone. I'm talking about oh, so Darko went right up the middle and he like flipped over and went backwards. There was no reason for them to not go in on either side. He had plenty of room to go on either sides or just kick the field goal. You know what's funny? Joe Buck on third down, they looked for Stanley Shepard in the end zone and he said, You're one yard out. I think Giant fans have to be really upset that they're not running the ball. I was thrilled that they were passing the ball. I was thrilled. I think you, you keep going. I think if you would have gave it to uh, Shepard one more time, it would have been caught in. And to me, you had to go for on fourth and two. I don't accept getting three points. You have two no, chances to get on the half a yard line. You're playing in Philly, I, and you're going to go for I, three points? I can't disagree with you any more than this at this point. You have to get points on the board. You get points on the board, it's a, it's a win-win. doesn't matter if it's three or seven. Now, here is my major issue, and this is where you guys want to correct me again. I'm always going to say this if you guys want to correct me or if you guys think that I'm wrong and fight me on it, because you guys will anyway, so it doesn't matter. I think at this point in time, I think the Philly game was the best so far of what we've seen from this team, and this is something to build on. I'm not... I'm not going to keep looking back at the Dallas game and the Detroit game. Yes, they happened and they're over with. But there's a reason why things happen. And I'm a firm believer right now that this team, this offensive line, well, some either they're going to get it together or it's just going to keep going the way it's going. But it's up to McAdoo to be strong enough to pull guys and say, okay, Brent Jones, you're going to have to go play and John Jerry's going to have to say, I don't care how much we're paying, we're paying Jerry. Eli has to step up and say, I feel more comfortable with these guys on with this group, and he starts naming his guys he wants out there. I feel more comfortable with this group on the field. I feel more comfortable that he's going to protect me. Because right now Eric Flowers is giving up <laughs> is giving up <laughs> is is giving up these you know these plays where and then Eli is getting killed. John Jerry during the Jets game, I'm watching this and I'm sitting there going, I'm like he just gave up two sacks in the, in the first quarter. All of a sudden, Jerry's pulled. They put Brett Jones in. Eli all of a sudden has a, this magical time to throw the ball, and this is against the Jets. You know, it's like this has gotta, it's, there's got to be a, a means to the end here. And I also have to look at Eli to step up to McAdoo and say, look, we have to do what's best for the team. I don't care that they're making $4 million and Brett Jones only making 500000 Get him in the game so he well, can protect me. Well, that's why I said, me. first of all, get rid of Flowers, even if you have to pay the salary. Not I that don't think, but, there. but the thing is, though, Flowers has become an scapegoat for a lot of situations that, that, are, that are not his fault. Without that a doubt, but you still have to sometimes correct something in it. I don't think McAdoo is there next year. I think he is losing control of the locker room for whatever reason, even if it's just to, to the offensive line. Sunday, I could foresee them winning a little bit because of the weakness on Tampa's defense, but their running game has to get going just to even protect 
a little lead. I think they'll win by a few points, so they have to get their running game going. Even an inkling, something. I'll tell you why Ben McAdoo's was in the locker room, though. Zach was saying it before. It's Odell Beckham Jr. It is. I don't know. I don't know about that. Again, OBJ, that was disgusting. Okay, forget about, you know, not funny. It was just disgusting, uh, at least to me. I'm not even mad about but that. I'm not even mad about that. He had yards, two touchdowns. One of those touchdowns, again, he went all the way down with one hand. He has the talent. The little bit of arrogance, oh, well, that's why I think it makes the Raiders better with Marshawn Lynch because he brings attitude to the team, and that's what they want to get, okay? I don't see OBJ, besides what we take as a distraction, that they're distracted. I think Marshall wasn't catching balls because he was lazy in the first couple of games, and that's why I can see why he was on a multiple of teams. You got the build of uh, uh, Boris or a Fitzgerald, yet you're lazy in times, you know? So, again, I can't see OBJ being that problem. (laughs) With the offensive line they got going, you're going to start to lose control because of OBJ. Yeah, because OBJ is the one who's causing distractions for the teams. When you start getting penalties because celebrations in the end zone, you do not need that. You need to be able to contain it. You want to give your defense... This is a conversation... I can see if I have the audio... Uh, up here with me of uh, Jonathan Casillas talking. He and I sp- spoke about it after the Detroit game about the fact that they keep on giving up, you know, short third downs. You want to give your defense every opportunity to keep them as far down away from the end zone as you want to possibly can. So if you're already starting, was it was it 15, 15 yard, ten yard penalty, or 15? fifteen? It was fifteen. Oh, I mean, well, you can't really blame the game on that penalty because no, what that happened? That, yeah, that's f- what fumble, I'm fumble, Odell, another touchdown. The, what bothers me though is the fact that, and I hate to get in the way of the pick, so I'm going to make this short and sweet. It's the fact that it just seems like he doesn't care. Celebrate. Go ahead. I, I, I don't care. Go ahead. Celebrate. Do whatever you want. But after the game, when you say the consequences are going to be what they be, that's where you lose me. Do you think it's also that he's frustrated a little bit? I think I don't think winning and stuff, and the fact that he's a prima donna to begin with. I don't think he loses much sleep when the Giants lose. I think he loses more sleep when he doesn't meet his expectations. I think I'm going to go a different route with that too. I think there is a point now where the Giants are going to start hitting that desperation mode because you're looking at them being 0 and 3 right now, 0 and 3, and this is a team that was talked about possibly going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Whether we agree with those expectations or not, yep. no, it I'd doesn't matter if we agree with those expectations or not. But this is a team that believed its own press clippings. They believed during training camp, and I'm sorry that neither of you were, were with me when we were there, but I had a player after player after player after player after player tell me there's something different about this training camp. There's something different about this team. There's a different atmosphere in the air. I feel that they believed that their own press clippings, that they were going to be as great as everyone is saying that they are. And it took them a step back. Now they have to dig themselves out of this hole. They are in an 0-3 hole because they didn't show up and play in Dallas. They didn't because they beat them twice last year. So Dallas already had a chip on their shoulder to come out right. there and want to prove something to them and say, yeah, you beat us, but you're not the better team. Detroit lost to the Giants last year, and that defense dominated them. So you don't tell me that Detroit doesn't come out this year with a chip on their shoulder because the majority of the Lions that were there last year are back this year. So you don't think they, they remember that? I don't. I don't like the whole chip on the shoulder excuse thing. You know. Oh no! It's got, not, it's no, 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 no! Not even an excuse. I hate when even athletes come and say we got a chip on our shoulder. If you don't got that same kind of attitude going in there, that if you did have that chip on your shoulder, then there's problems. 
I just think I think there's a lot of what's going on here that woken up during this Eagles game. You saw that fourth quarter of the we're not going to beat this team off a of reputation or what we did last year. It's now part of the we have to go out and prove ourselves this year. This defense is a very, very good defense, but they have to stay off the field. They cannot be on the field for more than 15 minutes of the half. Your defense isn't good if, you, if you're on the field for 40 minutes. Right. And, and, you know, I don't I, care who you are. And they're a major reason why they were 11-5 last year, of too. Of course. They were the <laughs> reason. They were the reason. Of, of course. But when you're, like, for example, the first half of the Lions game, you, you have they had nine opportunities in third down. They converted on five of them. Okay? That's unacceptable for your defense. It's unacceptable out of a 30-minute first half, the Giants' defense was on the field for 20 of them. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's not acceptable. So now the team has to step up, and they have to play this week. They played very well against the Eagles. Let's call spade a spade. 61-yard field goal. Yes, it should never have gotten there, but I think... It th- Four out of five times, he's not making that field goal. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, are you going to say the Giants punt the four out of five times isn't going to punt for 28 yards? And I'll say that Eli Apple and Landon Collins don't bump into each other when the only play that you have to run to kick a field goal is a 20-yard route, is a 20-yard out, and you convert on that 20. What other play could oh. be going on with seven seconds left and you need to get somewhat into field goal range? I don't know. My my My... Dog can figure out what play is happening. A 20-yard out to Alshon Jeffrey. And what did they do? A 20-yard out to Jeffrey, and the two people on the Giants, it was Apple and someone, I think it was Collins, bump into each other. First one off, second on the clock. First off, you have a very intelligent dog if he knows football that well. She. She had it right. That dog, you have a very intelligent dog if she knows football that well. I spent like three grand on my dog, and the dog knows its name, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. I, I have roommates. I'm happy they know their names. Um, so with, that, with, with that being said, um, I just think, and I, th- the only thing I blame Coughlin on, as far as the, the field goal, the last minute field goal is concerned, you mean is not Coughlin? No, no uh, did I say Coughlin? Yeah. Yes, I said okay. Well, I blame Coughlin too. Okay, uh, uh, Mac, he should never have retired. I, <laughs> I blame the only thing I blame McAdoo with that field goal is that um, you could have called a timeout. Just for the sake uh, of it, yeah. But the that's ice and the kicker thing—that—that's failed. That's drawn out. You know, like nowadays you'll see it here and there. But for the major part, over the last couple of years, the whole icing the kicker timeout thing—they've cut it. Yeah, but I want to remind you though. Like I said, four out of five times he's not hitting a sixty-one yard field goal. If he he hits, so if you call him right timeout right when he kicks that ball and it goes in, that next time it's not going in. So you you can make an argument there. You it's not a good argument, but you can make an argument. Do you want to give a guy a practice kick though on a sixty-one yarder? Yeah, I'll give it because now you know what he might hit the first one. He may not hit the second one. It's not as an automatic as it is a fifty-yard field goal. Listen, when you saw one second left on the clock, you knew it was over. You knew they were making the field, even though you knew the range. You saw only one second left. It was inevitable I, that I, they got that. I kick. think this is an appropriate story. Then we'll get back to the picks. But Ryan, inappropriate. R- R- Ryan, Ryan, and I were sitting there for the Carolina game, and we're sitting there. They tied that game, and the first thing that he and I said to each other was, "They left too much time on the clock." Yeah. That was the first thing we said to each other, and we were. That was also game. because Cam Newton was the MVP of that year, uh, and well, the Ca- and the Panthers were thirteen and zero heading into that game. Yeah, thirteen and zero, and we we both you and I both said it at the exact same time. They left too much time on the clock. They're not going to get the ball back. And what ended up happening was they made was the typical New York Giants. 
with a bad defense at that point. With, with a bad defense at that stops him at first down, stops him at second down, third and long. Remember, because they sacked Newton down all the way back into the. Uh, I do kind of remember that. Yeah, yeah. They, they sacked him all the way back in the final two or three minutes of the game, and all of a sudden on third down, third and long. No, they they, they actually went for it on fourth down. It was like fourth and nine, and they went for it. That was they, that late in the game. Yeah, it was that late in the game where they went fourth and nine, and they went for it, and they completed it. And if they wouldn't have completed it, they would have ended the undefeated season. That was like the uh, Patriots Giants game. What was that two years ago or something? Yeah, that was and the same same season. Yeah, same season. And Landon Collins and dropped that interception from Tom. I was like, Come yes, on! yes, yes. Oh, don't do that. You got You got to come up with that. You have to come up with that. So, but that with that being said, I, I'm I'm just fully believing that they will turn it around this weekend. I hope. What do you see as the season? I still can see them. I can see them going nine and seven. Okay. I can see them going nine and seven and making it in, or maybe possibly ten and six. I, you know, nine I mean? and seven. You just need help. That that's. Nine I can see nine and seven, but I, you need help. I can see, and I can still see ten and six as well. So I'm not, I'm not giving up on that. They lose if they lose this week or win this week, and then lose to the Chargers next week. Then it's a whole other conversation. I, mean, I don't think if they lose the Chargers, it's over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, that's where I did. By the way, Mama Z is watching. So my mom is watching. So you know, watch Hi. you watch your language. You watch your language. I will. You don't have to worry about me watching my language. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good choir boy growing up. By the way, Yankees up two to one, uh, top of the second. Aaron so. Judge, fifty one. Yeah, so that's that's what that's obviously what you're keeping your eye on. We haven't even talked baseball yet. We'll do that in a minute. Real quick, let's just get through these football picks. So we picked the obviously the Giants. Uh, I'm picking the Giants. Where you I'm going, going Bucks, but wouldn't surprise me. Again, I got the Giants by a little bit with their Tampa shaky uh, defense. All right. So next game we want to go with. Let's go uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. I, I don't believe in the Ravens. I think they had a, the, the luxury of the schedule has given them the two wins. And when you go to London and get blown out by the Jaguars, we have a long conversation to have about what's going on there. So uh, I'm going to go Steelers until proven otherwise. They're the second best team in the AFC. The Steelers, though, have not been playing very well. They almost lost to Cleveland at Cleveland. I can't remember what they've been doing. I think they lost. Are they one and two? Who, Cleveland? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. No, Pittsburgh is two, two and one. one. Pittsburgh's two and one. But, but it. it's a sloppy two and one. Just like Baltimore is a, is a mirage two and one. Right. And, and Baltimore. I mean, like you said, Baltimore looked very bad against. Ja- I mean, you're not going to predict Joe Flacco has eight passing yards and a half again because that's that that's unrealistic. To I, even I always out. love on how they're getting blown out, whatever it was at that point, and then I get a message saying. They pull uh, Flacco out of the game. They bench Flacco. I'm like, it's the fourth quarter, and they're getting blown out. <laughs> don't give me that. Don't don't sell me. Don't tell me this is a developing story. This is a story that no one really cares Justin. about. I, I do think though this, that this is the week that, and I hope I'm right because I have him in fantasy. But I think this is the week that Le'Veon Bell really shows up, and Antonio Brown has been undoubtedly the best receiver in the NFL once again. Le'Veon is going to show up. Antonio Brown is going to show up like he always has. But if Le'Veon, if this is the week where he is back, Steelers take this one easily. I have the Steelers not that easily, but the Ravens defense still very good. wasn't <clears throat> wasn't as bad as last week with the final score indicated. But it's every some point defense needs help from the outside. Problem is with the Ravens, their injuries are piling up. Uh, Pittsburgh, they're playing in Pittsburgh, right? Yes. Okay. But the issue against the Steelers team is probably like one slip away in week three. And it matters how many wings um, Roethlisberger has before the game. Too sure. We haven't seen, though, the Steelers offense, no, you no. know, firing on all cylinders. But we know 
that they can do it. That's the thing. Yeah. And we haven't seen the Ravens' offense can carry the team to a victory when the defense isn't dominating. So, therefore, I see Pittsburgh winning it. And they're more balanced, balanced, so to say. Uh, balance is the right word again. If, and they're if the Le'Veon. proven team right now. So not yet. Not yet. Over the Ravens. If you can talk to yes. those two. Yes. Okay. Now here's a here's a good question. Last game, we'll pick. I'll, I'll give you guys the choice. Should we do uh, New England, Carolina? Should we do Detroit, Minnesota, or Buffalo and Atlanta? Let's do New England, Carolina. I, I think, think that's I think so uh, too. I think it's appealing. It's a sexy game. Um, that, that actually should be the Sunday night game, honestly. Um, why that is not the Sunday night game is beyond me. Well, you could also, other te- other uh, fans besides Giants fans would ask why the Giants get so many night <laughs> games and stuff. Because yeah. I can guarantee you that's over with. When, you, when you only have five one o'clock games like the Giants do, no. this is... And, and, and you know that they're terrible on national television. Yeah, you're, you're it. asking for it. You're yeah. gonna. You're talking. You're asking for eleven and five. We're that's also it. asking for the Giants not to be seen on prime time next year. Yeah, never again. Actually. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay. With that being said, I uh, I just think that New England still is in a different stratosphere than what Carolina is. So I, I see this being uh, a game where maybe um, if I had to predict the score, I'm going to go uh, maybe 24-14. I think this is a very good pick-me-up game for New England. Their defense has been struggling. And when you struggle against a rookie, I mean, nothing away from Deshaun Watson. He's been very good so far. In my opinion, he, he it's he's up there with rookie of the year. You can put McCaffrey up there. You can put uh, Dalvin Cook up there. But Deshaun Watson's in that conversation so far. And he, he has shown that, especially with last week against New England. But aside from the point, Cam Newton has not been good. Cam Newton has it, no. it, it, and it's not that he's been he's not just good not in Cam the Newton same as he was. I, I I think he's been very bad. I don't think you can compare it to what Cam Newton used, used to be. I think he has been a very bad quarterback. And honestly, New England's defense have did they become that yeah. bad in one season? I don't think so. Right now though, they're ranked the worst in football, but yes. but they played two season quality quarterbacks in the playoffs and the dynamic rookie. Mm-hmm. But that is their weakness. Uh, the Panther, Deshaun Watson, he, he's so mobile. That's the thing. He had uh, whatever you want. Newton had what Watson has. That's the thing. He had what Watson has. Because Watson last week just burnt the Patriots. Yeah. But Olsen's out. Kevin mm-hmm. uh, Benjamin's banged up. Mm-hmm. The Pats have enough corner talent to match up with the weapons the Panthers do have in order to stop the run game. And the Panthers' strengths is on the run, but the Patriots do have enough size up front to counter it, and the T-Bull's able to sneak more guys into the box. They will... Now, wait. Panthers will create a couple plays. Let's not make it yep. where they won't do it. But I, do, I put it further. I put the Pats... I have the Pats 30-17. to 17. Because, you know, Newton runs Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel, but they probably won't get enough production done to match up with Brady and company. You know what's funny, too? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just sitting here. Yeah, eat your popcorn. I'm yeah. just eating my popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what, 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 what did I say? Get your popcorn ready? No, that was Brian. No, I know, that was T.O. Was, was it T.O. Or Brian? Yeah, T.O. said I think that. it was T.O. Because yeah. T.O. did take the popcorn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's funny watching Ryan here back in the studio because I think he walked back up here and he's just like, "What am I doing here?" <laughs> yeah. It know. feels good to be back though. Yeah, I missed it. Yeah. I miss I miss talking about things other than the Yankees. 
Okay. No, no that's fair. Cause, yeah, cause so you want to talk about the Knicks? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no, wait. We're, we're going to talk about the Knicks. We're going to have the success. They're going to have the season. All right, we're done. <laughs> All, right, we're do- <laughs> All right, we're done. Good joke. <laughs> you, you remember that episode of Family Guy when they said... I wasn't like, a oh. Family Guy guy. And you weren't a Family Guy guy? There was a scene on Family Guy where they go, this is... Ex- this is a." Uh, this is uh, shorter than the uh, Met, the Mets the Mets being relevant this season, and they're like, "Welcome to welcome to Mets opening day, and here's the pitch, and that's the season." That's rough. <laughs> that is rough. That's awesome. I don't know what you're talking about. So, with that being said, now let's let's really quickly jump around. So we'll do a little something or nothing here, which we uh, which we love to do on the show. Um, and we're going to start with the Yankees, since uh, we do have our Yankee insider here, because I know he, how much he he hates talking about the Yankees right now. Let's uh go with this. Ryan, well, the Yankee uh, senses are tingling right now. Uh, something or nothing. So it looks like the Yankees are officially going to be the wild card team. Yes. That is something, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, it is. <laughs> no, something. That's nothing. That's nothing. Well, my question to you is it something that, you know, at this point, are we going to consider this a team that's going to make noise in the playoffs? Are they going to be a disruption? Or is this a building block for a young team? Um, the only thing that's stopping the Yankees is the fact that Cleveland and Houston are just very good baseball teams. You look at the Yankees right now, especially in this month of September, you take away that 10-22 and 22 stretch that they went on, and they are, without a doubt, AL East champions. They are probably a 95-100 to 100 win team. If they win tonight, they are at 90. But the only thing that is stopping them is just how good the Cleveland Indians are and how good the Houston Astros are. You want my opinion? I think the Yankees can make some serious noise in the playoffs. But again, it's just be- it, the question is, are they going to be able to compete against very good teams like that? They can beat anyone. And you want my opinion? I think any team that has to face the Yankees would be very scared of them, except for two teams, Houston and Cleveland, but it's only because they are that good. One more something or nothing before we go on with as far as the Yankees are concerned. Uh, Deadspin reports, the Yankees are doing a, f- a bunch of fun things after home runs, including made-up player <laughs> interviews and different types of dances. So no paying? So is this something? So no paying. No paying. No okay. paying. Yeah, so is, uh, is this something or nothing? Anything that builds up team camaraderie or something, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it is peeing. If it, does, if it builds team camaraderie, it, 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 it's something to me. I mean, you, you look at this team. Okay, so all, where all does season. it go to the end with, uh, with too, dances? Uh, touche, touche. <laughs> uh, you look at... You look at what the Yankees have done all year, and it's little somethings in baseball also because if you want to talk about marathon, not a sprint, it's baseball, obviously. Every base hit that they have, they point to each other in the dugout. You might be listening to me and saying, what does that have to do with anything? Anything that builds team camaraderie is something. This this team is the most fun team that I've ever watched, ever. And I watched Derek Jeter play for my entire life. But the fact that what's everyone comparing this team to? 1996. Me growing up as a Yankee fan, the 2009, that World Series, mm. even though I don't remember 98, 99, 98 and 2000. surpasses any of them. Uh, but go ahead. Exactly. But the point is, me growing up as a Yankee fan, I'm 22 years old. I just turned 22 a couple of years ago. So what is expected of the Yankees when I'm 13 years old? World Series. So in 2009... I'm not looking at this Yankee team like this is the greatest thing ever. I'm looking at it as that better have happened because that's the Yankees. This is the first time where I can watch the Yankees and say this is a lot of – I mean, obviously 2009 was fun. But what they're doing, if you told me this in March, I I wouldn't have believed you. And and I'm taking this 
and this is awesome. People are comparing this to 1996, the fact that how much fun they're having, what the expectations were. Now, if you told me, if you told me in August when they lead the division that they lose a wild card game, then I'm going to be very upset. I think if they lose a wild card game, then you can make the argument that this season is a failed season. But the whole point is, growing up as a spoiled Yankee fan, you don't appreciate winning as much as you do now. Yeah, but I just want to say, the 98 to me was better than the 96. Because 98, you still have a superstar. Derek Jeter yes. was still not a superstar. They won over 100 games. You had... It's uh, not the was, fact that it was better. The I, home I, runs that they hit were ridiculous. Yeah, because, well, they had Tino, I mean, they had Brosby. It just, they had a... They were all a unit. There was no superstars. They had the better pitching. They, they were better than the 61 Yankees, the 75 oh, yeah. Reds. It's, I mean, 98 to me was... And I'm a Yankee fan, obviously... 98 was the best Yankees only because of the fact that there were no superstar to say, well, it was because of him. It was because of him. they had great pitching. Again, better pitching than the 61 or 75 Reds, 61 Yankees. And they didn't, like the 61 Yankees. You have like yeah. six of them hitting 20 home runs or yeah, more that year. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just. When you can compare a Yankee team, I would just. No, that's the side note. I would just say 98. Obviously, the 98 team is, is better, but. You go into 98 and you don't like the chip on the shoulder argument, but they lost to Cleveland in, in the year prior to that after winning a World Series in 96. It's just the fact that no one expected 96 to happen. That was the 90s were Braves. Atlanta, oh, Atlanta, without. Atlanta. You look at Atlanta versus New York in 96, and the fact that Atlanta was up two games to nothing in that series, and just the, the whole idea of the fact that the Yankees were the wild card team the year before that. So th- 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 that's the whole connection. Not the fact that they were better, but just the fact that it's unexpected. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's so. what I was saying with the 98 Yankees. You weren't expecting that either, you know, for the whole... And right. And even though they lost in 2001, I still found that to be the most amazing playoffs in the world. Like, it was me. also... Sa- it was so with the... With 9-11. Yeah, yeah with oh, 9-11. Yeah. It was so... If they just had that little more... It was that 9-11 that made it so... If, if New York would have... If the world the Yankees would have won the World Series, just imagine what that would have done for New York City. Um, yeah. It just would have... It would have been amazing. Um, real quick, this news just came across, or came across a few hours ago. The NBA Board of Governors voted uh, to pass legal legislation on the draft lottery reform and guidelines for resting healthy players in the regular season. Basically, what they're doing is they're going to be changing the draft around. From what I'm understanding, um, they're going to be, you know... Fighting that whole tanking thing by letting the, the I guess, less opportunity. I, 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 me, if you're going to make a lottery, a real lottery, you put all the teams that don't make the playoffs, one name in a hat, <laughs> one name in a hat. Like so, for example, you know, and then just pull them and say, okay, this is where you fall. There, so therefore, you're not tanking. It's really strictly on luck, because that's what a lottery is, right? It's it's luck. It's not percentage. It's not the Brooklyn Nets having the worst record in the league, and they get the most ping pong balls, and they're going to end up being in that spot anyway. And then they give Boston even more. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. A, I actually really like that idea. Yeah, but, but, the, but the thing is, it would be the only league to not have a draft order completely based on record, so that can cause some serious backlash. But if you want to stop tanking as a whole and you want to go by the literal definition of lottery, then you're absolutely right. But a team like... Who is, who is the worst team in the NBA? Brooklyn. You, Brooklyn, Chicago maybe, teams like that. Oh, Te- this, this upcoming season? This upcoming I, I, season. 
I think that one's going to be too close to call. Uh, I think I Brooklyn think will be better because they got D'Angelo. But l- let's just say, for argument's sake, let's just say Brooklyn, for argument's yeah. sake, they know they're not doing a thing. They know, they know that they are probably, what, 20, 25 wins, 30 if they're very lucky. So you're going to have a team, again, we'll say Brooklyn, 20 wins versus a team out west who misses the playoffs at... 48 and 30 th- my man 48 and 34 would be their record so you're having a 48 win team and an 18 win team have the same chance at the number one pick yep like you said lottery that's the definition and that completely stops tanking from teams who can be uh, from the teams who are nine intensities like Dallas Mark Cuban said straight up we tank this year and if they played they could have they they could have made it. They could they could have made see, it absolutely. The only thing I have about tanking that I just don't like, or I see what I see from tanking is the owners, the management. You can never convince players never to right. tank the season. These players also have to get jobs in next yep. year. Okay, so they got to show what they got. You, it's almost like with the Jets. The Jets picked up. They spent like the least amount on as player wise as far as the roster on their offense. Yeah. They know what they're doing, but I love it, especially because I hate the Jets. When the Jets win, and you got Jets fans <laughs> then calling up places saying, "Oh, the Jets are better than the Giants." First of all, <laughs> no. But then, second of all, you guys are screwing yourselves. But that's always—I can never see how tanking will always, you know, come out the way. Again, the owners or whomever is in the upper management of a team, because you can't convince a player, "Hey, yo, do this for us." Take a die for us, even though it might not get you anywhere next year, job-wise. Do it for us. No, I can't. That's the only reason why tanking to me, it's... It's all about coaching. It's all. If you see, you're not going to give... If upper management tells the head coach, tank, you're giving your star player... 32 minutes a game rather than 42. You're not but telling the players to miss shots. To win the game. Right. When they know everybody just wants a tank so they could have a better team, they can make more money, This meaning owners and stuff like that. If they just have a worse record, they'll make more money next year. It's almost like, then don't even have me on the team. No. But don't try and have me look bad just so you guys can prosper the next year and I'm trying to look for a job when I am, in fact, good enough right. to be on that team, but I don't look the way I do because the coach said it. I think that just makes the plays even more mad if the coach says something. I, I also want to point out one thing to you from Ryan's point about the records and so on and so forth. When Shaquille O'Neal uh, drafted to the um, Orlando Magic, they finished the season 41-41, and 41 and they missed the playoffs. They ended up with the number one pick the following year because of the lottery. So and they had the opportunity to take Chris Weber and they chose Anthony Hardaway. Now that's just a fun fact, but I'm saying it wasn't as complicated as it was as it is now. Now for me to make this a fair situation, I f- truly believe that you have to make it as random as possible. So if the Chicago Bulls finish with 17 wins this year, but all of a sudden they end up with the fifth pick in the draft. Well, it's the fifth pick in the draft. That's where they ended up because that's where their name was picked out of. If the Oklahoma, no, not Oklahoma City, if the New Orleans Pelicans, Pelicans missed the playoffs and they they have forty two wins and they're forty two and forty and they missed the playoffs and they end up with the number one pick. It's just the way the lottery is. I think it's what it's going to do is bring some unpredictability. I think it it would be good for the league 
which right now the league, the style of play uh, is suffering because you have too many young kids in there who don't know how to play the game of basketball, and you're, not, and you're asking the NBA coaches to teach the game of basketball while they're trying to coach to keep their job. I think it just changes the it changes the game. A uh, little fun fact: last time a senior was picked in the top five in an NBA draft, two thousand six. Let me take a guess at who that is. Sure. Wait. Oh six. What team? Will that give it away? Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks. Millsap. Nope. Paul. Oh, I have no idea. Nope. Al Thornton. Wow. So oh, yeah. enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy that. Buddy Hield, Buddy Hield went sixth, by the way, in his draft. Look at you. So he he barely missed the cut. Yeah, it's, it's but right. it's all basketball is a long season to be tanking. It's a long season. Well, they're already stretching out the schedule. They're changing well, a lot. Uh, listen, Barkley. Bar- I agree with Barkley when he came out and said that these kids are a bunch of uh, babies. Babies, because look, Jordan played eighty-two games. Every single year, no complaints. Looked forward to every single one of them. LeBron, LeBron, what sat one? What was it? One time for two weeks when he first came back to Cleveland, and then the team went on a run. I'm not buying it, man. These guys got to toughen up a little bit. Um, real quick before we uh, before we head out, man. Two hours went quick. Um, wow. Yeah, two hours. Two hours went real quick. Um, and before we go around for social media and everything else like that, um, final final say on this. What what's the key thing for the next for the full week that you want to keep your eye on? Um, what just in general? Just in general. Uh, look at the Yankees. Look out for the Yankees if they win on Tuesday. And it, honestly, look out for Boston and Houston that series also. I mean, it's a long shot that the Yankees win the division, but the Yankees are dangerous, and these four games will prove that. The wild card game will prove that, and they will not go out with Cleveland. They won't face Cleveland without a fight. They're going to fight. They are a young team. They don't have experience, and I I don't know how much I buy that experience argument, but they're talented. In my opinion, they have the American League MVP on their roster, and that matters. Now, of course, I want the Yankees to win, but if they play Cleveland, I still want to get Charlie Sheen to throw out the first (laughs) ball. Bring him back. Forget about Trump and his antics. Wild thing. Yes. (laughs) Wild thing. The most Famous Cleveland Indian there is, and that tells you a lot. When there's an actor that's the most famous Cleveland yeah. Indian, that's awesome. Uh, for me, it's two things to keep an eye on. One, October second, uh, Ezekiel Elliott goes back. We find out what the f- what the what's going to be Nonsense. going on. We find out what's happening there. And the other thing to keep your eye on uh, this week as well, you know, keep keep an eye on now all this fallout with Rick Pitino and everything else like that. That's gonna there's more news with that. We didn't even touch on that tonight, but there's a lot of. There's a lot of. I'm sorry that the focus ends up not being on the games themselves, but man, th- there's a lot of bad things going on in sports. So th- it's, it's and it's just going to start unraveling with oh. multiples. It's not only just five schools. That's just the beginning of the iceberg. And They're you don't tell you don't tell me that there's not the same thing going on in football for college football either. Listen, but there's stuff going on everywhere. Okay, that's fine. everywhere, anywhere, in any kind of business, give any kind of anything. There's always going to be shadiness. Give every college athletic director in Division One truth serum. <laughs> someone would be. <laughs> they, would all, they would all have violated. I something. would. I am more just laughing at the fact that you're bringing up truth serum. Would right you now. like to have just truth serum for a girlfriend or something? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> 
<laughs> Not for nothing. I believe that you're still a choir boy when it comes to your girlfriend. So that's what do you mean by that? So he doesn't matter that he doesn't mind no, the truth. And, and when I when I mean by that, what I mean by him still being a choir boy, I'm meaning that I don't think I don't think he hides anything from her. I don't th- <laughs> no no. She knows everything. Plus, if you're listening, until a couple of years from now, uh, then we'll find out these little things here <laughs> and there down the road. No, then we find then we then we find then we find that Ryan is sitting there saying, "Listen, um, I didn't tell her this. Said I need a couch to sleep on tonight." Uh, <laughs> uh, with all that being said, uh, real quick, you can follow Ryan where Ryan Morick, R Y A N M O R I K, everywhere. You follow <laughs> there you, you go. That's that, that one off. It's that simple. Uh, Instagram Wendy Greco G R E C O. And Twitter at Wendy Birdie Greco, W E N D Y B I R D E G R E C O. And of course, follow us on backsportspage.com, soundcloud.com uh, slash off topic BSP. Of course, follow the uh, New York Groove guys always. Is Scott still doing it with you, or is it just you? It's pretty much just me. Scott's very busy. Good for him doing all of his work with uh, SNY, and I, I seriously mean that. Um, but yeah, he, he, he's, he's very busy, and. That's the, the end. I'm on Randy BSP uh, Instagram and Twitter. Follow me at Randy Zelia on Facebook, backsportspage.com, at backsportspage.com, and of course on Facebook. Uh, I will not succumb to Snapchat. I will not give in to it. You know, when you were just quickly, when you were just talking about early in the beginning of the show about us being technically advanced, my seven-year-old niece the other day, Wendy Birdie, can I show you? I'm speaking like a little child. <laughs> I sound almost Indian. But can you? Sh- can I just show you how to Snapchat? What? I don't know how to do any I do of not it. like Snapchat. Well, I don't know what it lessons. is. I don't know what it is. All I hear is it's a 10-second thing. Ryan Morick, 23. On sna- you got to add the 23 on my Snapchat. And go follow it because I was at the okay, President's Cup today. Let's follow him today. I was at the President's Cup today. A lot of fun. All right. Well, I would like thank you guys for coming up. Obviously, the, the, the co-host situation, I haven't had a chance to really pay, put too much into the whole uh, plan for the future. But I appreciate you guys coming up and uh, hanging with me today. So we'll be back next week. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks very much for giving me some time of your week. We'll see you uh, next week. Later. Later,